tip today in association with Slattery's of Pecan, your main Peugeot dealer for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Good morning. Welcome along to Tip Today on this Friday morning. 1800 938 007. That's our free phone number. It won't cost you to make a call. Emma is looking after today's show. Now, coming up, uh, Johnny Luby. We'll be speaking to Johnny in just a little while. Non-binary blogger who is encouraging young people and even children to reach out online. We'll be speaking to uh, Bishop Alphonsus Cullinan on that because he highlighted it in the last few days. Uh, Marie Clear from Rose Green on her Operation Transformation journey. Uh, a taste of this week's Down Your Way and of course... Our Friday panel will unpack the big topics of the week. So all of that and much, much more. Now, this morning we have a pair of uh, premium tickets to give away uh, to this Saturday evening's Alliance Hurling and Football League doubleheader in Croke Park. And that's uh, with thanks to Supermax and uh, to the Plaza Group as well. Now, to be in with a chance of winning, we want you to identify this famous Tipperary hurler. I think the expectations in, in against Galway last year probably got to us, you know, people who were saying that we were going to win the All-Ireland final at the first goal. So, again this year, when we started off so well beaten clear, people are saying, well, they're, they're on the right track for the All-Ireland. But they forget that there, there's June, July, August to go yet before you win an All-Ireland final, you know, and a lot of good teams to be beaten. So, probably getting a bit overexcited too, too early. That brings me back so many memories. Um, can you identify that uh, very famous Tipperary hurler, please? And uh, up for grabs uh, the pair of tickets, premium tickets even, to tomorrow's doubleheader in Croke Park with thanks to our friends at Supermax and to the Plaza Group as well. You can text and WhatsApp 083 311 and uh, we will announce the winner of all of that before 12 o'clock. But first this morning... We received a letter from somebody who was the victim of the most horrendous crime in recent weeks. The gentleman arrived home to find his dogs. Um, he's Indeed, his home had been burgled, but also that his beloved dogs had been killed by the person or people involved. Let me read you what he wrote to us. He says, Hi Fran, I'm contacting you to appeal for anyone with any information in reference to a burglary which took place in my house in Ardfinnan between Saturday the 11th of February from 8pm through to Sunday the 12th at half past 12. On return to my house, I discovered uh, that not only had I been burgled, but that in the process, uh, the intruders had killed both my dogs by drowning them in a barrel of water at the back of my home. I'm utterly heartbroken. Through paramedics and lockdowns, both my parents passing, as well as uh, all of my life's highs and lows, these dogs were at times the only thing that got me through. They were more than animals. They were family who loved unconditionally, and I them in return. They were my rocks. And I'm sure all with family pets can relate to this. Whilst the burglary in which my house was totally ransacked and valuables and cash were stolen, it's a very tough blow and probably won't sink in till my grief passes. But uh, house, uh, house can be cleaned up and money can be earned again. 
The killing of my dogs in the process is a deeply disturbing threshold of no return. I know there is nothing that will bring them back or undo the horrific hurt and harm, not just to me, but all the community. But with your help, we can find and bring those responsible to justice so that we can prevent this awful thing from happening to anybody else. I'd like to ask anybody with any information anyone who noticed anything unusual or anyone with dash cam or CCTV footage from the area and surrounding roads in Ardfinnan at the time to please review this and contact Care Garda Station and that number is 052 5630 or report confidentially on the Garda Confidential Line that's 1800 666 111 or report at any Garda Station someone somewhere knows something, no matter how small, and I'm appealing to you and your humanity to do the right thing and come forward with information. As this is an active investigation, I'd like to ask people to refrain from speculating online. Please report through official channels and respect mine, my loved ones and close-knit communities' privacy, shock and grief at this difficult time. I also want to thank everybody that has made contact with me and all the support I'm receiving from near and far. I do appreciate every call, text and message received. Thank you. So that's from somebody who has been deeply, deeply hurt and damaged by what has happened in his home. If you can help out there, please, please do. Quick look at what's making headlines in your newspapers today. The Irish Daily Mail. Hero, hero officer tried to save the children. Heroic PSNI officer John Caldwell uh, got back to his feet after being hit by a hail of bullets to warn his son and other children to run away as suspected new IRA dissidents gunned him down. To the Irish Times, and uh, they're leading with the um, uh, story of Ukraine one year on, and their headline is, Why Should I Leave My Home, My World and My Country? And again, uh, that story, uh, focus on the new IRA after a PSNI officer uh, uh, shooting to the uh, Irish examiner. New funding for hire, more uh, to hire more judges. The government is to significantly increase the number of judges in Ireland in an effort to combat significant backlogs in the country's courts. And also on the examiner today, uh, cross-party TDs, including a Fine Gael, a junior minister, calling on the government to change its proposed statutory domestic violence leave after concerns were raised by women's aid. And finally, to the Irish Indo, and they're telling us that the government is set to allow the winter eviction ban to expire next month, but ministers are trying to identify measures that could avoid tenants being hit and notices to leave their homes within weeks. The Housing Minister, Darrell O'Brien, is expected to bring a plan to the Cabinet in the coming weeks, but no firm proposals have yet been tabled. So that's a quick look at what's making headlines in your newspapers today. If you want to comment on any of that, uh, 083 311 Yes, I will play that voice for you again. Can you identify this Tipperary hurler? The expectations in, in against Galway last year probably got to us, you know. People were saying that we were going to win the All-Ireland final at the first goal. So... Again, this year, when we started off so well beaten clear, people are saying, well, they're, they're on the right track for the All-Ireland. But they forget that there's June, July, August to go yet before you win an All-Ireland final, you know, and a lot of good teams to be beaten. So probably getting a bit overexcited too, too early. Now. A pair of premier tickets to give away uh, to this Saturday evening's Alliance Hurling and Football League doubleheader in Croke Park with thanks to Supermax and at the Plaza Group. It's time for the great Johnny Luby. Johnny, good morning to you. Good morning, friend. You have, uh, no, you have no bother identifying that gentleman, I'm sure. Uh, I, 
I certainly recognise it anyway. <laughs> yeah, friend, uh, I'm down here in uh, Barna, which is between Newcastle West and Abbey Field. It's right. uh, Limerick Greenway. Yes. It is absolutely uh, beautiful there. Anybody that's ever passing through, call to the uh, Greenway there, just about three miles beyond Newcastle Western and uh, top of the hill and down. You can see across, they tell me, on a clear day into five counties. And what are you it's doing a, there, Johnny? Uh, well, a couple of friends of mine came over from England and uh, I'd met him maybe three or four weeks ago. Uh, one of them is Mr. Tilly. He works for... Uh, the royalty beyond. Uh, I know he's tuned in now outside and the other guy is Mr. Spraggett. He has a horse running uh, in a couple of weeks' time in Cheltenham, New Bay Negra, and I'm just saying confidentially if can throw a couple of euro each way, he's probably 33 <laughs> to 1. He's in the Queen Mother chase Very in good. Cheltenham. So uh, they are tuned in this morning. I can see them outside. I have to get it on these iPods and Snapchats and YouTubes and every kind of a thing that's humanly possible. But uh, yeah, friend, look, I suppose uh, when you hear that that misfortunate man there and our family in our train and I mean you have to go to them you know yeah. anybody that's associated with animals and look it's a, it was an awful tragedy altogether and then you had the, that uh, police officer up north you'd wonder what the world is coming to at all at all and then a year ago today uh, Russia invaded uh, the Ukraine mm-hmm. and your man in Russia is trying to tell us that uh, they started it mm-hmm. the Ukrainians mm-hmm. Mm. You know, I mean, like, this is what you're up against, Article. It's unbelievable, friend, the way the whole thing has gone, you know. Yeah, the, wor- the world is in great difficulty, that's for oh, sure, the world. Johnny, yeah. Yeah, and like, I, I say, I was in Dinny Leahy's the other night. Were you ever in Dinny Ah, Leahy's? sure, of course I was, yeah. Great pub. Great oh, pub. a great pub, mm. you see. Dennis, uh, I think Dennis was playing Gale one time. Uh, he, they, a blue, he used to call them the blue shirt. Right. Well, Dennis was inside the counter the night, and I never saw a, a shirt as pink as the one he was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you reading into that, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will tell you one thing, friend. Yes. The pint is top class in the best, uh, number yeah. one. And number two is, we did solve the problems of the world. Good, good. So... Uh, Someday when I have more time, I, uh, I, I'll be able to solve all those problems. But, uh, yeah, friend, I suppose on the GA scene, we have Tip in Dublin at the weekend. It's a big game for them in Crow Park. They, uh, they get a chance to uh, listen or to play above in uh, Crow Park. So, uh, look, the best to look to them. I suppose injuries is a huge thing for Liam yeah. Cale again. The same as uh, Mr. Bonner last year as well. I mean, starting off there with four or five injuries and you're wondering whether they'll be back or not, you know. Yeah. And, and Any news of those injuries? John. No, but yeah. uh, I look. There'll probably be uh, Mr. Barrett that plays cornerback. Yeah. He'll probably be okay, maybe in about six weeks' time, uh, and that some of the rest of them might say are gone for the year. And then you have to look at the footballers as well, yeah. uh, the way that they are gone as well for the for, for the year, and that's it. And uh, as I said, Tip uh, and Longford. Tip and Longford are playing up in Longford. I think Tip FM are covering yes. that. Mm-hmm. And of course, we had a marvellous victory last weekend with the Camogie. That was a big win for Brilliant. them, friend. Was that uh, against Galway, it was? That's right, yeah, uh, that yeah. was above and the right. Look, hey, they scored four goals and seven or eight pints against one goal and eight pints, I think it was. But uh, fair play to them. They started off on a winning thing. And uh, look, Tipperary, for the last couple of years, are there or thereabouts, get to the last four and a small thing. Maybe Lady Luck not with them. Yeah. Our Lady Footballers under Peter Creedon. Uh, uh, were beaten outside in Fettert by uh, Leash and mm. uh, beaten a pint. I suppose they'd be disappointed because they had been uh, firing on all cylinders. And uh, look, when you 
but of course a dose of reality is a wonderful thing mm. and uh, they won't be getting carried away uh, in the rugby front friend of course uh, Cashel drew last weekend with Dolphin Clanmel and Nina Ormond our two or part of our three senior teams in the county they all had magnificent victories mm. and uh, well done to them and uh, of course this weekend on the rugby front uh, Ireland are away to Italy he has made six or seven changes mm. and uh, look one would expect but you can't get carried away because uh, the Italians there's a good few their players playing in the French senior leagues mm. and uh, that with Montpellier and many other teams racing 92 and that so their players are getting plenty of experience and they will give Ireland talks of the outside uh, Johnny Sexton's going to be a huge loss mm. but they have young buttons in it out half and look they have quite a decent team out so I suppose all those fellows that are on the, the top class wages they have to stand up and be stand up to the challenge you know and Mm -hmm. the big one of course is probably England v Wales Wales weren't turning up they had a huge strike out they're looking for more money and better conditions and all that but that Mm -hmm. goes ahead and of course Scotland and France is really a big one because uh, Scotland have won their two games the same as Ireland and uh, that's going to be a big game uh, Scotland and France Mm -hmm. but uh, as a boss friend on Sunday last then I just to mention the junior rugby uh, Clan William weren't out uh, Kilfeekle were out they were being led 21-3 at half time and uh, they came back to win 35-24 mm. uh, against Mallow so when we adjourned to the Sorolands down the road for the crack on Sunday evening lo and behold there was another team in there again do you remember I was talking from Portugal a day or a year ago about the Wallace Swans I do I do yeah well <laughs> <laughs> The other night they in flew in, did they? and they and they celebrated in style because I think they beat Colin Latin or oh, Colin uh, in the soccer. So, uh, of course, friend, I had to get my photo taken with a few of them, and I tried to bloody well lie low. <laughs> but, uh, friend, does, uh, I have did, to sorry, hello. Johnny, did you mention the Dylan Quirk Foundation game? The, oh yes, the Dylan Kirk game, Foundation. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Brilliant the way people support it. Mm. I mean, like there was maybe five, six thousand people in Tullus on Sunday last for that big game mm. against Kilkenny. I know it was a challenge game. I understand all that for both teams. But nevertheless, they got a chance to put on a few extra players mm. and see what we have on the panels and that. And look, they have lots of other things going on, please God. Mm. The fund is going very well. Uh, Kilkenny won that long puck thing as well. Young Mooney from Anacarty Road was one of the Tipperary uh, representatives. He has a great puck out in the ball, but on the day, I think the Kilkenny man won by maybe five or six yards. Right. So that was in the long puck. Mm. Uh, I suppose, friend, t- uh, I've, I've got to say hello to John and Nora Turpey, T O R P E Y. They're up in Boris Akean. Yes. They're celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary wow. this weekend. Wow. They, confidentially, they listen to us every Friday. <laughs> when Frank Curry comes on, they're absolutely delighted. And when um, when I'm on, then seemingly, this is what I'm told, they go down on their knees and they say, Allah be praised. Very good. <laughs> yes, <come Very> good. <laughs> now, John is, John is a, 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 a cattle dealer, travels to Linton, breath of the country. Mm. Uh, anybody passing through Boris Cain, you'll see the lorry on the left-hand side. And Nora is a great coop. I have to call them, but I, I have to say hello to their daughter, Paula. She's keeping the peace in Torles. I think she probably, rep- she's uh, doing Tommy Finnan's job. All right, is she with the GRA? Yes, and I'll tell you something for nothing. Very important to keep in with her. Oh, my God. For sure. Well, especially you. Especially myself. I'm after having a couple of glasses of uh, uh, vino. Uh, The Upper Church Drum Band GA Club, friend, Mm. they have their big 
night, next Saturday night, above in Temple Moor, um, that's tomorrow night week, in the Temple Moor Arms. Yeah. They have a, a huge draw going on at the moment. You can still join in with Michael Griffin up there, or you can log into the Upper Church Drum Band thing. The tickets are 50 euro, friend, right? People might say that's deal. But the first prize is a 100,000 euro, friend, wow. or a John Deere 6310 tractor. Oh, I'd go for the tractor. I you would. <laughs> You'd look nice coming down through an Anacarty on a bloody John Deere, wouldn't, wouldn't you? I? With the sunglasses on me, That yeah. draw is on uh, Saturday night. Uh, they had a big night. Uh, they had a wonderful year last year in the Holland and football with junior A teams and senior teams and all of that. So that's on next Saturday night in one of your favourite places, the... Uh, Temple Moore Ah, great place. I'm actually there on Monday night myself, would you believe? Thank God, friend. Play for dancing? There you are now, Johnny. You can't Jeez. beat it. I'll tell you one thing, I must compliment you. It's my first time ever seeing you live uh, tonight at Brew Brew in Cashel. Oh, shall we head mighty crack? Mighty but I'll crack. tell you something, not your work. You're a good pianist. Is a, a good piano player. <laughs> I'm glad you terrified that one. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, of course, uh, Sheila and the Wire and Friends, they assemble every Monday night in the ship. Oh. A music session round the fireside every Monday night. But, friend, I just might go to see you again on uh, uh, Friday night. Well, I was up in Clonmore on, on so was it Saturday night? No, it was Sunday, was it? I can't remember what day. But anyway, they were all asking for you up there, and they want to know, uh, John, John was asking, when are you going to come up and do a bit of a, I, I, a session I, I, up there? Yeah, I must get your agenda. You're in uh, Templemore on Monday night. Come Where on. are you after that? Uh, so the rest of the week, I'm all over the shop then. I'm, I'm, I'm outside of your jurisdiction, <laughs> yeah. Johnny. You're like myself all over the shop as well. Listen, I'm delighted to see you're going to you're going to remember Mick Burns for us today as well. That's right, yeah, yeah, passed away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, unbelievable. I mean, yeah. Mick, uh, Mick, oh, look, our sympathies to the Borden family sure. and Nina on the death of Mick Borden, surely one of Tipperary's finest ever hurlers. Uh, I think he played in eight All-Ireland finals, winning five. And wow. like, that's a huge thing for a player to win five All-Irelands. Uh, he was part of that wonderful team from maybe 58 to 67 or 8 or 7, 8, 10 years. Uh, played wing back. I mean, when one looks at uh, Donny O'Brien in goal from Knockabella Kickens, John Dial, Mick Maher and Kieran Carey, uh, Mick Burns, Tony Wall and Len Gaynor, Theo wow. English and Mick Roach. What a team. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy Dial, Larry Kiley and Liam Devaney. That was some half-forward line. And then you had Donny uh, uh, Neal and Sean McLaughlin and Mackie McKenna on a full-forward line. And wonderful hurls, you know, to, to uh, win an All-Ireland in 61 and 62. They and were every beaten. one of them are still household names, Well, household amazing, names, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, they were beaten uh, in the first round by water from 63, which was... Uh, Tipperary were 1 to 33 and got beat. And uh, they come on and won in 64, 65. I think Cork won it in 66. And Tipperary were beaten in 67 and 68 by Kilkenny and Wexford. But they were some band of players. And uh, as you said, I put them up there in every house mm. with the Sacred Heart. Absolutely. And John F. Kennedy. <laughs> and John, well, I think John, yeah. But, uh, friend, yeah. Uh, and sympathies, uh, as I said, to Nina. Uh, your old GA club to the to the Burns family and uh, yeah. on the death of uh, uh, an absolute legend and also friend our sympathies to uh, the Lundigan family in Tipperary town on the death of Johnny Lundigan uh, he was a teacher there in the in the technical school mm. in Tip Town I think and uh, a wonderful guy in every way and of course our sympathies to his beloved uh, Clan William uh, Rugby Football Club. He was part and parcel of that as well. Mm. And indeed to the Lundigan family. And to look, people that lost loved ones there in the last 
number of years and that yeah. uh, or simply tomorrow but friend uh, I just want to finish up by saying that uh, the Clonmel races are on next Thursday okay. Tullus was on yesterday the huge crowd there and Tullus have their second last meeting on the 9th of March and the last one then is on on the uh, 18th of March which is the day after the World Cup in Cheltenham so if they want to get a crowd into Tullus on the on the Saturday uh, Tullus is the place to go but friend do you ever be up on time to listen to uh, Father Joe? Father Joe uh, on a Sunday morning. Not as much, not as many times as I'd like, because he's terrific. I know he's terrific. I'm very proud of him. Yeah. And, you're, and you're probably losing a bit of faith, like myself. But you should. <laughs> I lost everything, Johnny. <laughs> losing my soul. When I I was lying in bed last Sunday morning. Yeah. And I nudged herself. I said, that's Father Joe, the son. Right. And I'd be very friendly with Father Joe and his dad and mum, the Lord of Mercy, and the whole right. lot. And Father Joe said, and I'll just quote, he said, if anyone hits you on one cheek, he said, you have to turn the other one. I said to Catherine, it's a bloody joke in his ears. I said, if anyone hits me on one cheek, I said, I'll bloody well flatten them. <laughs> so, <laughs> Father Joe, I have no doubt, will uh, have a serious comment on that. But when but, you uh, were captaining the Hearty Cup team, that was the ethos of the team, wasn't it? If somebody hit you on the cheek, you turn the other cheek. That, that's yeah, the way you worked, wasn't it? Yeah, unless they were the Tracy's or Captain <laughs> or Clenalty. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, friend, yeah. Uh, I think that's about uh, uh, the lot. But if, if you're passing through uh, Bernard, Bernard, top Bernard, friend, someday, uh, it is a beautiful greenway that they have here. Mm. And uh, I'm hitting off on a bike now for about a half an hour. You are, I'm sure. You are, I'm sure. Um, will you mention Gurton Who Bingo, Johnny? Uh, they're back in the hall on Saturday evening, and it's an early starting time there of 7 o'clock. Doors open. Yeah, at and, and the Golden Bingo is flying, and the Cashel Bingo inside on a Saturday night as well. And of course, they Bingo, I'm reliably informed as well. I got a, a reminder in Kill and All. Oh, there I think, you go. Yeah. yeah, there you are. I didn't know that. But you see, you love them as you go along. It does ease. Don't you, indeed. Uh, and of course, the loss of poor old Mossy Richardson as well. The, the, oh, funny, yeah, the country the, music show in Golden had to be uh, um, uh, cancelled because cancelled, of yeah. Yeah, Look, yeah, I just, used to love uh, listening to his music, uh, you know. Great uh, character, great Yeah, character, and he, he, he went, I mean, to so sudden. Ah, oh, shit's terrible. You know, terrible. so young. But uh, our sympathies to the, uh, the, the Richardson family Absolutely, as well. Yeah. Uh, I suppose, friend, to finish off, look. You can talk about the cost of living again and again and again, mm. but does anybody bloody well listen? I mean, how can they put up the diesel and the petrol uh, by 7 cent the 1st of June, by 8 cent in August, and mm. by 4 or 5 cent? Supposing it goes up a euro between mm. this and May, mm. are they going to put on the 7 cent on it again? You see, I don't know, but that's the government tax that they're phasing back in that they took off there. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know, but I'll tell you something. Listen, you won't believe this. I'm going in here now, this place, and I'm having a glass of white wine with a sausage and a rasher. It's 28 minutes past nine, Johnny. I don't give a hoot. If this, <laughs> I was going to say two continental hoots if this 10 past 10 at night when I want my glass of white wine, uh, friend, that's it. Aren't, but, you, aren't you gone very posh now? Is that a, sh- a little cheeky Chardonnay you'll have, is it? Uh, yeah, the... the, the the Australian stuff. Uh, there's some bit of a name on it. Uh, the Wicked Chicken or something. <laughs> you're, <laughs> such, you're such a class act. Do you know yeah. that? <laughs> uh, anyway, friend. Uh, All right, Johnny. We'll let you go. Get on that bike now. On your bike. I, I will, yeah. And I must hit the hole in the wall here. In, in Abbey Field, can I see, have I ever shouldn't lift in my bloody pocket? <laughs> Good luck, hey, we'll, see, we'll be in touch, lad. Right, All right, bye. look after yourself. Thanks, bye-bye, thanks, thanks. It's a great Johnny Luby. Um, and I was delighted to share the stage with him recently in the... Uh, Brewer, he went down an absolute bomb. Like, I mean, it was, like, it 
It's like a superstar arrived in Cashel or something like that. Anyway, 1800-938-007. Please ask Johnny if the county board draw is happening next Friday the 3rd. I don't know, but I'll ask Emmett to double-check that because uh, I'm not sure uh, about that. 1800-938-007. The text or WhatsApp 0833113311. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Tip FM's Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Now, Tipperary County Council has sought further information in relation to plans for housing development in Templemore. Templemore Voluntary Housing Association are behind the proposals for 24 housing units in a three-storey building on the old Shorts site at the entrance to the town park from the main street. Now, we recently visited Templemore and Ali spoke to some locals who expressed concerns about the suitability of the location for such a development. Now, a total of uh, 56 submissions have been made to the local authority in relation to the plans. Here's just a little from what the locals had to say. We have to drive the lane. We need to drive the lane. We're using it for 130 years. We need to use this lane to get fuel for and to get household items. Yeah. For example, like if we need a new fridge, a new cooker in the morning, how can we get access to our house for it? Our family members drive that lane regularly with a car and a trailer mm. and have done for 130 years. Initially, this the bungalows were Purpose, going to be purpose built for the elderly and for the disabled and this is the function of the community development group. This was the pur- original purpose. Now if there's going to be um, if there's going to be um, a major fire in this building there's one lift. We all know that li- a lift has to be shut down if there's a fire. If we have elderly or even a very sick person on the top floor and we need to get access to them to evacuate them from the second floor, even the third floor. That access, if there's a delay in access, we're going to lose lives. There's no doubt about it. The concerns would be that uh, the pre-planning that has to go into hosted All-Ireland or Provincial Championships, that'd be Pitch and Putter Athletics, um, which hosts them events nearly every year. Um, the congestion that would cause um, the potential closing off potential closing off of the entry from the main street and everything is diverted then through Park Road, Marion Road. They're proposing to widen it which in itself in a finished job it will be good I'm, I won't deny it's good when they finish up but the potential closing off of it and the access to the park and to the facilities up there for the sporting organisations if you were in an athletic meeting you're talking about 100 or 200 cars extra and it would appear at best they're supplying 7 extra parking spaces and during development uh, you're talking about 50 or 80 people possibly working in there where are they going to park so it is a knock on effect during it 
That's uh, some voices there from Templemore on that housing development proposed for the town. I'm glad to be joined now by local Fine Gael councillor Noel Coonan. Noel, good morning to you. Hi, good morning, Fran. Good, good to talk to you to today. I, I haven't spoken to you for ages, Noel. I hope no, you're I well. No, I thought you were out with me there for a long time. <laughs> never, yeah. never be out with you. you normally give me a hard time. <laughs> Not a bit of it. I no. was hoping maybe I'd given up that and yeah. had formed a new good habit. Uh, th- there you go now. There you <laughs> go now. Tell me about this, Noel, because initially you welcomed this uh, proposal um, the development for the town. What are your thoughts on it now at this point? I think it's an excellent proposal, but I welcome, certainly welcome, and have encouraged people at all time to express their objections or their reservations about it or their observations about it. And I think this is very positive because it helps us. Uh, I have to declare an interest in that I'm a member of Templemore Voluntary Housing, but I think I'm speaking to you today as mm-hmm. a public representative. Mm. And um, I, along with my colleagues, have put two years or two and a half years of hard work into this uh, this uh, proposal. I think the one thing that unites us, though, Fran, is the fact that we all want housing. We want housing for people in Templemore. And Templemore Voluntary Housing have a good record in that, in that the units that we have at the moment where people are housed and extremely happy and content in it and have allowed them to live a normal life where otherwise they might have had to go into care a nursing home or something like that. Yeah, it cost the state a lot of money. One, one of the big issues, Nolan, maybe you could help me to understand this, was um, the initial plan and the initial structure of what was going to happen was shown to people, and they were under the impression at, the, at that stage it would be all single-storey bungalow-type um, uh, dwellings, but that seemed to change then and evolve in some way. It is. It does, you know, and, and you'll probably understand better than most about when you're dealing with the department and dealing with county council and dealing with local authorities and, and various departments and bureaucracies that, you know, things take on a life of their own and that you have to conform to rules and regulations and specifications. We are a voluntary group under the chairmanship of Tom Culler and we're not getting anything out of this other than our will and our desire to create housing. So it's, the initial concept was... Um, Shorts building, as you referred to earlier on, was up for sale. And in conjunction with that, the uh, council were anxious to provide a new entrance to the town park in Templemore. And in, in the years that I wasn't councillor, but when I came on the council again, we succeeded in getting money for them, but for one reason or other, it didn't happen. So with the property up for sale and with uh, Templemore Voluntary Housing, uh, looking for a new venture, trying, you know, at all st- stages or all times, we are looking for new opportunities to mm. develop housing. We came up with the idea of buying Shorts House and negotiated with the council in relation to the to the um, improving the entrance into the park. So in effect, we were killing two birds with the one shot. If, if you understand mm. what I mean. Mm. And out of that, then, in order to get funding, we have to get funding for everything. We're a voluntary group, I said, and we don't have any sources of income. We have to raise funding. And that. We, we approach the department. And when you approach the department, you have to introduce a preliminary design. And our uh, idea would be a smaller-type housing development at the time. There were some bungalows and, and some... Uh, you're familiar with the one that we have up beside Tickmurra, yes, Chuck Pauline, as yeah. we call it, yeah. You know, something more on, on, on line with that. Submitted that to the department, but the department said town centre development, town first criteria, it has to come up with a higher density. You'll have to go back to the drawing board. And um, they gave us a, a provisional approval for it, but that meant that we had to engage um, department architects or architects that are come off of a department list. So 
the, the site proved a bit problematic. We then set about purchasing uh, two additional sites beside us, and, um, and one of which was known as the Prouts Building, the other which is a former um, abattoir mm. slaughterhouse mm. with a bit of land. And uh, that's how it, how it graduated from that proposal to the other. At all stages, I suppose one of the big disadvantages that happened to us was the, the, the advent of COVID, where you could no longer have meetings. A lot of this took place on Zoom and that. But we, we, we engaged with the local community. Uh, they were aware that they could come to me. And as you know, not everybody would like me, so they had the opportunity of coming to Garrett McHugh, of McHugh and Glenn, mm. alongside us, who came on board. They're very professional people, quantity surveyors, and quite used to this work. And Garrett came on board uh, as a volunteer, in fairness to him, and put a lot of work into it, and he was available for contact and that. But the, the big thing about it was that to try and um, combine the regulations of the county council, the regulations of the department, in order for us to get finance, was that. So the density um, w- was driven by the authority coming back to you, was that it? The density would be driven by funding from the department. Right. And the fact that it was a town centre uh, uh, place, and as you know, the policy now is to uh, regenerate uh, town centre area, repopulate those of course, areas. Yes. But you can see why people were annoyed if the pre- preliminary design indicated a different kind of a development. Well, it was, it, it, it was I suppose, it's not fair to say it was a design, it was kind of our idea, it was a concept mm. that we had to give some idea to the department about. Yes. And, and I mean, that was ruled out straight away. But was it a communication thing then in terms of not getting back to the people and saying, whoa, hold on a moment now, it's going to be rather different than we initially thought? Well, we, of our members, like we have a, our members, like Tom Culler's the chairman, Willie Ryan, secretary, David Camden, businessman, three ladies, Theresa Devaney, Francis Maxwell, Maria Greed are very involved in a lot of organisations around town, very committed to this thing. Gareth McHugh and myself, Deirdre Cavanagh came on board as a, 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 she's former manager of the credit union. And Anne-Marie, in, in, in my office, acted as secretary. I don't think I'm leaving out anybody. We're all very engaged with the public, and we were talking to the public and, and uh, talking about this idea and teasing it out with various people. I think there were something like four or five different drawings made. There were three architects involved. The, the, yes. the architect, Blue Donoghue, and incidentally, James Donoghue was dealing with He's a Torless native. And then we had the county council architect and the department inspector, who is also an architect, and he visited the occasion on three, three or four, at least three or four times the site and that, and was very helpful. So it was a combination from the first draw up to the, the present one. I think there were four or five different drawings in between. Right. And I suppose one of the things is that if you try to get everybody's full agreement, it won't happen. And we took the decision that we'd have to be leaders in the, and, and drive and try and get an agreed proposal that we could submit to planning. Planners were also engaged at all stages and the engineers. And uh, uh, right. uh, but, but you obviously were aware that you wouldn't have universal support then. We, was that, exactly, was that it? Absolutely, yes. And we encouraged people then, we informed them when we were going for planning, we encouraged people to put in their observations and their objections. Many of them are observations, some are objections. And we respect that right, and we respect the right of the planners to make changes as well. Right. And did you respect the right of people to meet and have a public meeting? And all? Absolutely, because, yeah. We never but stopped. But you, you, you didn't attend that, nor any members of um, uh, the Voluntary Housing Association. Well, uh, if 
if you'll allow me to develop what I'm saying, is mm. that we took the decision that the people to adjudicate on all those, it's like Fran, if you were to redesign a house or to redecorate your house mm. and there were only five or six in the family, well, not everybody's going to agree on the colour. Not everybody's going to agree on anything. So the same way with this, we put forward a proposal, the best one that we could hammer out. We'd, not all of our members would agree with the proposal either. So we had to come to a consensus, put forward that proposal, submit it to the planners because they are the people to adjudicate on it. And thankfully, the, the, that is what is well, happening. Democracy at its best. Of course, but, you know, if people are clamouring for an explanation like you're giving to me now, Noel, would the, would the public meeting not have been the place to to do that? Well, at this stage, it was in planning, like, you know, and, and, and there are restrictions on you as well in, as regards that once you've submitted a planning as to what you can do or can't do. Oh, but, but this now is just information. Oppos- this is, would be just information. Yeah, but it, it wasn't that people wanted certain things done. They wanted this change, that change, and the other changed. Hmm. So the, the, people, the best people to adjudicate on that are the planners. Hmm. And the fact that the submissions and objections were lodged and put in there is very helpful because now at this stage... We can argue for a lot of the things that we couldn't get before because we can. The, 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 it's up to the council now to decide on the density, to decide on, on the size of the, the buildings, the overbearing. And, and, and what and is that. the information that uh, the authority is looking for now? What, what is that information that they're looking for? Well, there, there are 11 items of, of information, and I understand that Councillor Smith submitted them to you there mm. in detail. Yeah. And I suppose uh, uh, the 1, 2 and 10 probably are, are, are combined together. That's the building design, architectural yes. heritage and impact assessment, and sunlight and daylight. The three of those will go together. I suppose the main one is the density, the, the fact the concern about the, the building on the new street. We are, in effect, designing a new street into the park is mm. overbearing. Mm. And the other one is in, in relation to Pickfoot Lane uh, in, into that. And uh, like one of the conditions now with a new development like that is that you have to have walkways or what they call loopways and that. Mm. Now, the department were insisting on that. We didn't want that. I think the council wasn't that happy about it either. But there are none of our buildings facing on to that. We are not in any way increasing or decreasing traffic on that. But... Right. Now, we brought that to their attention and they said that can be resolved by conditioning of the planning. So we're, we're happy that that will be sorted out anyhow. Right. And, and the and 7.1 million involved, is that ring-fenced or is there a danger of losing that at any point? Well, there's always a danger of losing that. And there's also a danger like with the increase in uh, construction inflation and costs. Like, we're not going to be in a position if the, if the price escalates to be able to, to afford to do that. Right. Um, so if this trundles on, you're saying there's a danger uh, that, uh, you know, the whole project is in danger? Well, we'd be very quite confident. Like, we've got tremendous support from the vast majority of the public, like uh, a willingness there to sort out those issues. We all want to sort them out. We, we're all neighbours and good friends. We, we depend on the support of the community. And there is a willingness there to sort out the difficulties that have arisen or that concerns that the neighbours have. So we want to get, get all those sorted out. We felt this was the best way forward because uh, you know, and many people know the history of planning in Templemore. It's very difficult to do anything mm. without there being objections. And you're certainly going to a public meeting. We, we'd be under the impression that you would fuel it rather than try and, and put out the fire, that you'd fuel the fire. Because if mm. somebody, if you, if you yield something to somebody that wants something and you don't, the other person will they become annoyed. The only thing I said, you know, is that I, I rarely come across a more reasonable bunch of people who were making objections, in fairness to them. And I think they were largely looking for, for information, you know. 
Absolutely, yes. And, and, and I met most of those and, and gave them all any of the information they had as soon as it came to yeah. our, our hand. And there's a fact I think some people were a bit confused or getting a bit fed up with it because the, the, the information changed, as I've said to you, over the years. Yes. In, in, in trying to get a plan that suited all needs and that, that uh, qualified, that, that made the department happy, the county council happy. Right. But and if that you, we could if get, get for, funding. If you ask for submissions, you have to give them the information and the plan and what they had didn't reflect what the final plan was going to be. Well, the, 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 the submissions are entered into now. The, that gives the dark our architects a chance to respond to all that. They have to respond yeah. to all that. And then it's up to the to the, to the the panellists to adjudicate on it. Right. Okay. And do you think, I mean, the Tipperary County Council are looking for further information, Noel. Um, how, how long do you think this will, will trundle on? Well, the process is, is fairly regulated as of from now on. Like, I mean, it's up to, to our architects to respond to the further information. And I suppose it's worthwhile noting that requests for further information, RFIs as they, as they call them, are generally written in a critical style. And it, it, they're, they're to reflect the concerns that were in the submissions. Yes. So that gives affords the architects yes. a chance. Now, so the architects will, we will be meeting with the architects. We have had uh, just a a preliminary observation from them and that we're setting up meetings, we'll be consulting with them. They'll be doing what they're being asked to do by the planners and submit that information. We hope that that would go in within the next month. After that, the planners have one month from the date that they received the submission. Yeah, I'm just looking at the screen in front of me, Noel, and a large part of what I'm getting in here is just the fact that there was no attendance at the meeting and uh, that would have you know maybe maybe helped out a bit the other thing too is people's concern about older people in multi-story um the situations well we have older people in our in, in our other buildings and particularly the one beside chuck tigmura uh i mean there was concerns raised there about fire safety and all that i mean this is very subject to the fire officers report serious regulations there are lift shafts uh, in the building which will make it very easy for people to access. There'll be also stair- stairways. I mean, this is highly regulated and highly governed. I wouldn't have any concerns there whatsoever. All right. Noel, thanks for your time today. Thanks very much indeed and uh, good morning to you. You're welcome. Sáin agus to that local Fingal Councillor Noel Coonan speaking to me there. 1800-938-007. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call Tip Today on 1-800-938-007. Jonathan Cullen, the uh, Tipperary GAA PRO, was on to us, and thank you for that, Jonathan. He says the next county board draw takes place on Friday, March 10th in uh, lovely Stapleton's Bar in Borisalee. So that's March 10th at Stapleton's in Borisalee. For this week's uh, Down Your Way programme, we have a special episode as Eamon sat down with the historian... Danny Grace. Here's a little of what you can expect this Saturday morning. I started researching her. I knew nothing whatsoever about her. It was an Agnes Tracy. She was the daughter of a, a, an RIC man. She was born in, in uh, Grace's Street in Nina and went on to a certain amount of fame uh, as a singer. Absolutely. Yeah. So she was a, she was a popular singer. Was she singing in Tipperary or was she? Oh no, she was singing. She was singing. In fact, uh, she she filled. Um, 
houses, opera houses and things in, okay. in, in Manchester and in London okay. and in Glasgow okay. and she was very, very popular all over Ireland as well. Oh, right. And uh, <clears throat> what they say here, according to this, no pretty women ride bicycles. <laughs> oh, no. oh, what is that about? No pretty women ride bicycles. That one was, I suppose it's, uh, it's based on the women's struggle for equality at, at the turn of the 19th century and the, the early, very early years of the, uh, the 20th century. Okay. Now, it's based around women and cycling. Uh, in the beginning, uh, I mean, cycling was regarded as a men's leisure occupation. Mm-hmm. And uh, women who actually rode bicycles, say, in the 1880s, in the 1870s, but in the 1880s, uh, were regarded as, shall we say, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here to put it de- delicately now they're no better than they should be mm-hmm. you know there was yeah. that attitude mm-hmm. there was that attitude mm-hmm. uh, not only condemned by so women cycling was not only condemned by men but also very often by the, 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 their own female sex as well but what was wrong with a woman cycling the bike? Um, well you see there was male male prejudice I suppose to be quite honest about was the, was the main thing the boys should have to walk they did yeah but, but yeah. like the idea the sort of again I suppose the thing was like you know they were dressed uh, you know what I mean the, the whole idea Victorian idea of a woman with long dress and everything now they wore knickerbockers as it were like you know pants mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. The tight tops and things like that in cycling and uh, that was regarded as being very disgraceful they were shown off shall we say yeah, a bit yeah. more than they should be shown <laughs> off you know yeah. my god in today's world but interestingly yeah but interestingly they are just um, the um, the there was a, a Nina a cycling club in um, Nina in uh, Lady Cycling Club in eighteen eighty eight, and it appears to have been the very very first women's cycling club in Ireland, mm-hmm. if not one of the earliest actually in the British Isles. Now what did they do? They basically now remember at the time the safety by at this stage they wouldn't have been on safety bicycles. They would be on sort of tricycle type of bicycles. That's a certain oh, one yeah, that yeah, they, yeah. they 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 roll. Yeah, we'll we'll just get back to the women on the bicycles there for a minute. Uh, the first bicycle, of course, was your penny halfpenny. your penny halfpenny bike, mm-hmm. which of course is quite dangerous as well, mm-hmm. and uh, it was regarded as of course being totally unsuitable for women. Mm-hmm. It probably was unsuitable for an awful lot of people as well, mm-hmm. but probably fit young males is probably okay but like it was quite difficult actually riding these pe- pe- penny farthing bicycles you know yeah, yeah. and uh, so it was when this society um, what do you call them Starley's um, bicycle came in safety bicycle in 1885 came in that women took up cycling in a big way yeah okay I'm going to ask you there John or uh, <clears throat> Danny uh, about the famous well that's around here St John's Well oh St John's Well yeah do you know it? No. Where oh, is yeah. It? Where is it? It's uh, on the road. You passed it on the road out. That's the easiest thing oh, in yeah. the field. It's it's near the, the you know the chill meets there. Yeah, and oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Just before you turn off at Pecan, it's in a field there. If you're coming out from Nina, it's in at the right. It's in mm-hmm. about maybe five or six hundred yards in at the right. Okay. Yeah. And is that really a holy well or is there a... Oh, it's, it's a holy well and, and regarded as a holy well for a long, long time. Mm. Uh, interestingly, the whole thing of holy wells, you know, that um, even the origins of the Holy Wells. Now, some people, some scholars would think that they, they're pre-Christian. Mm-hmm. That, you know, the, the ancient Celts, of course, like, you know, they, they were very much into this thing of um, 
finding spirits in wells and in, and in rivers and everything. That was sort of a Celtic tradition. And that when St. Patrick and other missionaries came to Ireland in, they Christianised these holy wells. Oh, I love stuff like that. That's uh, Eamon sitting down there with uh, historian uh, Danny Grace. You can hear that in its entirety this Saturday morning from 10 o'clock. The great uh, Eamon O'Dwyer and Down Your Way. News and information's on the way. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, puck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Dermina Mahogan Pat and uh, welcome back to the second hour of uh, Tip Today. Now, uh, Jonathan Cullen was back to me, Jonathan uh, Piero of uh, Tip County Board. Wires getting a little bit crossed uh, this morning. The next county board draw will be, and this, this is the definitive announcement here, it's happening next Friday on March 3rd. Okay, so it's March 3rd, but it is happening in Stapleton's Bar in Bursley. So it's March 3rd, the next county board draw. Now, some reaction to the housing development in Templemore. Thanks to Seamus Hassey for organising and to Michael Smith and Lady Morn for attending the public meeting in Templemore where the proposed development is concerned. They showed their interest in people's concerns. None of the committee of the association involved with the submission attended and they were all personally invited, says one of our listeners. Um, another listener on to say welcome development in Templemore houses are badly needed and change is always welcome well done to Noel Coonan and his team somebody else saying Noel Coonan is uh, as ever in the forefront of leading the change in uh, or the charge that should be I suppose in Templemore to improve the town and guide the communities through the minefield of red tape it can only be a good uh, outcome for the people of Templemore more houses and town improvement is needed uh, no, there's no excuse for not further engaging with the residents going to be affected with the new proposals for the development. It says another listener and saying trust is gone and uh, all sorts of various things in to us there as well on that. Um, Kilkenny listener on to us and... Uh, um, Thank you for that. Um, and as you're aware and as you point out in your text, I can't read it out, but thank you very much indeed for that. Now, OK, let us go back to our giveaway because it's a, a nice one indeed. We are giving away a pair of premium tickets to uh, Saturday evenings. That's uh, tomorrow, uh, the Alliance Hurling and Football League doubleheader in Croke Park with thanks to our friends at Supermax and the Plaza Group as well to be in with a chance of winning. All we want you to to do this morning is identify this very famous Tipperary hurler. I think the expectations in, in against Galway last year probably got to us, you know. People were saying that we were going to win the All-Ireland final at the first goal. So, again this year, when we started off so well beaten clear, people are saying, well, they're, they're on the right track for the All-Ireland. But they forget that there, there's June, July, August to go yet before you win an All-Ireland final, you know, and a lot of good teams to be beaten. So, probably getting a bit overexcited too, too early all right, if you can uh, identify that uh, very famous Tipperary hurler, 83 There was a social media post that really caught my eye this week. I want you to just have a listen to this. 
Your parents screwed up. It's okay to say so. <laughs> That's why I made a Patreon, so that we could talk about it, so that we could connect in a way that has more privacy, so that we could talk to each other in a way that's uh, more open and stuff that we wouldn't share like in the comments of a video like this. I think you're worthy and valuable and I wanted to spend more connected time with you, healing together and hearing your deeply inspiring stories. Now, essentially, that is audio from a video from a fairly well-known, well, a very well-known influencer and uh, author, a non-binary uh, influencer and uh, author who is encouraging young people and even children to reach out to them and be open and honest, but uh, behind a private form called a Patreon. Now, I had to find out about this, and Ali was kind enough to uh, give me some information. Seemingly, a Patreon is basically a membership platform that provides business tools for content creators to run a subscription service. So, in essence, you pay to have direct access to the blogger in question. This is Jeffrey March. Now, Bishop Alphonsus Cullinan posted this on his Facebook page this week, and he joins me now. Bishop Alphonsus, good morning to you. Fran, good morning, and lovely to talk to you again. Uh, great to talk to you as well, and thank, thank you, you for agreeing to come on with us today. You sure. you posted this on your own site. No, you didn't comment on it, but I'm wondering about your feelings on this, because there seems to be a growing yeah. trend on social media now where uh, grown adults, like Jeffrey March, is targeting children, essentially. Yeah, yeah. you see, this was sent to me by, by a mother, a wife and mother of, of she has six children and she is very worried like so many parents are about what what their young people are looking at on their smartphones and so here we have an example i didn't make a comment mm -hmm. and it's very interesting the reaction that people saw that that this is this is really very serious. Do, do people know? I, I was shocked by it. And this mother wanted me to see the kind of stuff that is out there that young people can be accessing, often without their parents' knowledge. So that's the real danger. It's, 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 it's proposing a secret uh, relationship, conversation with this person without their parents' knowing it. So I don't think any parent would like that. And as Bishop, I, I felt that, you know, if I can get that message out there, let, let's let's try to be really smart with smartphones, you know. Yes. Uh, so so this mother, in fact, what she does, she loves her kids like all, like all mothers and all parents do. So what she has done is, and she's, she has stuck to her guns on this, she has downloaded an app on all the phones of her children called uh, Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes. So she knows at any one time if she wants to find out what they're looking at. And another thing they do is the whole family leaves the phones, leave their phones in the kitchen. Nobody takes the phone to bed. Because I would say, you know, Fran, uh, like... Look, we're all weak human beings and we can all start scrolling down and someday we might scroll down on something that might do us real harm. And for children and indeed for adults, 
that is bad mm. news. And so are I you really, particularly yeah. concerned, Bishop, if a child is troubled in some way? Is that a particular yeah, concern? Absolutely. And and like and and will they instead of maybe talking to their parents about their trouble, you know, will they will they open up to that person on uh, on TikTok or or you know that that stranger whom whom nobody who, yes. who, who is not known um so uh, there is a real concern you know there was a program there on, on Monday night up front with Katie Hannon mm-hmm. all about um pornography and and all of that and you could see the disquiet that people had around the whole area and 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 thankfully as well you know the 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 role of the parents as the primary educators was was Mm. was um reiterated and also the disquiet around the direct targeting of children uh by these sites and of course as you mentioned money is part of the it's part of the yeah, whole deal. I don't know. Know, do you know much about this, Jeffrey Marsh? I, I don't well, know well, a could single I, thing, to could be I, honest. Could I yeah. fill you in some? He has over one billion, no, one oh bi- billion views, for instance. He is a top-selling uh, author. He has wow. been a consultant to Elizabeth Warren's presidential campaign. He is the most in-demand non-binary public speaker in the United States at the moment. He is completely highly sought after for a gender counselling coach. Would you believe he is coaching celebrities, CEOs and politicians? And it says here he's helping clients to achieve real results and sustainable change. But he began that video by saying, your parents have screwed up. I mean, that, that, that was right across the board. He said, your parents have screwed up. Absolutely. So he's, he's, he's trying straight away to get in there and undermine the child's parents. And, you know, if a child has just had an argument with mum or dad and they, and they listen to and that, they that, well, yeah. maybe, they're, maybe they've start, started something which could go in a very bad direction. And, you know, I don't want to be the harbinger of bad news. I mean, we all love our children and we want them to live their childhood in peace and happiness, you know that's the. So if we can, if we can be smart mm. about smartphones and and know the kind of stuff that they can they can be used for great good, and they can be used for great harm. So we've got to. We've also, I think, Fran, we've got yes. to convince our politicians that you know, like, you cannot say what you like on radio. There are laws. Yeah. Neither neither can stuff be printed in our papers. There are laws. But on social media prat- platforms, it, 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 it seems as if um, there are no laws. And I think mm. we've really got to convince our politicians to get onto the Googles and the Facebooks and to say to them, really, you've got to clean up your act. I was taken that you didn't make a judgment. You put it no. up there for people to sort of decide for themselves. Was that very Absolutely. deliberate? Well, well, yes, it was because you know I, 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 I do believe that you know parents when they see that and they think they'll say, no, I don't want that for my child, and maybe it will spur parents to and all of us to be more, more. Um, vigilant regarding smartphones. So that, you know, that app, Covenant Eyes, might be one thing, and making sure that none of us go to 
to bed with the phones in our bedroom because for one thing, we'd, we won't get a proper night's sleep, you know. Um, but also we could be watching stuff which, as I say, will not be good. What do you think about, I mean, you know, if Geoffrey Marsh was listening to us now, I would, and, and not your good self, I would have offended him greatly because, and there I go again, I'm referring to him as him, uh, because he wants to be known as they are them. They're his choice of pronouns. Um, what about that whole conversation? What, what do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, I really, that, that's a whole different, you know, um, subject. It's something that I think it would be certainly worthwhile in having a panel maybe sometime mm, yeah. and, and, and going into that whole thing. But the, really that first line, as you mentioned there, you know, your parents screwed up. Yeah. Straight away, that's that must be disquieting for parents, because you know we've got to encourage parents in this area, and because I, I'm sure that so many of them are really trying their best, and and maybe um, this woman who sent on this thing is highlighting uh, through me and now through you, and thank you so much to Tip FM uh, that look. Let's control these these phones. Let's be smart about them so that our children can live in freedom and in happiness. Does it concern you that these conversations are not happening generally on radio or TV all that much because people are afraid of being cancelled in some way? Yeah, that, 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 is, that is very true. That's a, real, that's a real danger. That's why I must say the, the Upfront with Katie program and now yourself here this morning, you know, bringing these things out into the light for people to, uh, to discuss them and, and that's good. Yes. Will you continue to do this kind of thing? Well, gosh, I don't know. Can I just say I had a, I had a great day on Wednesday giving out ashes I, I saw in, the video. In the yeah, square. Yeah. And, you know, there were a lot of young people came up and it was really good. And you, you and were out was, in public yeah. doing that. You, you, I was out in, in the square in town. Yeah. Please what? God, I'll do it in Clonmel now next year. Why, why did you choose to go out in public like that to do that? Because, uh, because Fran, we we got to bring the church out. You know, as, as one person commented, you know, it was a, uh, you know, if the church does, if the people don't come to the church, let the church go to the people. So it was a mm. wonderful day. I was there from quarter past 11 to half past five. And were you treated with courtesy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Not one, not one negative comment. Yeah. During COVID, I saw you with the Eucharist walking through Clonmel as well. Um, and I thought, yes. to be honest with you, I thought it was very brave at, at the time because you were on your own, as far as I remember. Um, so are you? is this about bringing um, the church out to the people in general then, is that? Oh, I, 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 I'm very keen on, on that, you know. Yeah. And um, I think that uh, I think that makes people think and you know the Lord blessing them as, as I as I pass by, and uh, you know look, the good Lord Jesus wants us all to live uh, in freedom and fulfilment, and wants us to show wants to show us uh, that He's with us always, and I think that's a great message. You know, no matter what, He's there loving us. Um, I'm just looking at the screen in front of me, uh, Bishop Fonzi, and really what what people are incensed about is the very first line of that video, which was that, you know, par- yeah. parents have yeah. screwed up, which is a... Yeah. 
you know, uh, worrying for an awful lot of people out there. We wish you well. How are you sure. getting on for Lent, uh, Bishop? Are you are you doing okay? We're doing okay, absolutely. It's only day three, but we'll hang in there. Good, good. Good morning <laughs> to you. Always a pleasure. Thank you God for your time you. this morning. Thank Great you. Great to talk to you. God Thank bless you. you and your listeners. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know. Bye-bye. That's Bishop Alphonsus Cullinan speaking to us there. Uh, 1800 The text and WhatsApp is 83 Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Tip Today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage Pecone, you can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067-24111 or slatterysgarage.ie And you're very welcome back to Tip Today. Big response to my chat there with uh, Bishop Fonzie, and I'll bring you some of that in just uh, a little while. Now, after eight weeks, the Operation Transformation leaders have completed the course, and to say the results are impressive is a a bit of an understatement. And, of course, Rose Green Lady Marie Clear um, joined the Operation Transformation programme, fearful that her health and weight was going in the wrong direction. And I'm delighted to say that she's with me now in studio to talk to me about that journey. Marie, good morning to you. Hi, Fran. How are you? And it's lovely to see you again. I haven't seen you for... for well, I've seen you on the box, but I haven't seen you for ages. In, no, no, I haven't seen you in a while, Fran. Person. And um, tell me about the journey. Why did you decide to get involved with Operation Transformation in the first place? Marie? So, Fran, I applied for Operation Transformation back in October. Um, my weight has always kind of been in the way and I had to kind of do something about it as my independence was very important to me. And I have always tried weight loss journeys and nothing was ever working for me because I suppose my body is different from everyone else's. So I needed the right plan. And so, yeah, I got picked as a leader for Operation Transformation and it's been the best experience ever. So as we said, why I went for it, um, my independence was really important to me. And for me to gain more weight, like I could have been in a wheelchair um, my back would have struggled, my legs would have struggled. So I had to do something about it and I finally did do something about it. And all the experts on Operation Transformation helped me out. They put in a lot of research um, for my condition, for my condition, because I've done Slim World, I've done loads of things and nothing was ever right because yes. the calories, like I didn't know how many calories I could take for my body. And yeah, they got it right and it worked. And because you're a little person, I guess it was hard for you to find out um, what the right amount of calories was and what what, what the right balance was. Yeah, it was be. very hard to find out. No one ever knew, I suppose, um, what, how many calories. I didn't even know, Fran. And yeah, until Sophie, um, the dietitian on the show, got it for me. And she, they did do a serious amount of research, like even Niall Monaghan had to do research. He said he never knew anything about achondroplasia. And they'd done a lot of research. And now I have that for life. Um, I would have never got it, I don't think, Fran, until I went on the show. Isn't that very interesting? And what sort of a calorie intake should you take now per day? Yes. Yeah, so my with the way I started the first week, right? So they didn't know. And the first week we kind of um I was eating the same as the rest of the other leaders and I lost weight and muscle mass. Muscle mass and that's where they were concerned. So we added more protein to my meals to my meals. So for my height I'm fifteen hundred calories a day um that I take, Fran. Um but it's more protein in all my meals right. where I take Well pro- that's meat and chicken meat, and meats and chicken, yeah. yeah. Um like and peanuts, like I 
all the all the proteins um, um, but just my dinners I just add more chicken or whatever I'm having for dinner I just add more protein to it Right uh, when you were being naughty what what were the downfalls for you I mean had you a sweet tooth for example or? Yeah I had serious cravings for Chinese chippers they were very addictive yeah. and Coca-Cola um, was a ma- the big one and I wouldn't drink a can of Coca-Cola now it'll show you how it changed like there was one week there where I had a weight loss of three pounds and I said I'll treat myself to a can of Coca-Cola and it was absolutely horrific. It was disgusting. It was so sugary. It was so sugary because I'm gone away from all sugar and I thought I'd never come off Coca-Cola but yeah, it just shows once you kind of get your mind around the whole Mm. thing. And how much Coca-Cola a day would you I used to drink three or four cans a day. Did you? Fran, yeah, yeah. I was addicted to it. I Mm. really was and I don't miss it now. I don't think I'll ever go back to a fizzy drink. Um, It's just the taste of it. I was like, was I actually drinking this? Um, It's horrible. It actually is. And just a lot of people have cravings for fizzy drinks. Mm. But I think once you kind of get yourself away from it, um, you'll say, what was I doing? I know. I have a real thing about fizzy drinks, as you you can see. Um, Tell me, you met all of the goals along the way. I mean, you you really took this on board, didn't you? I did. You only get one chance at this, Fran. Yeah. So I wasn't going to mess it up. I took it all on board and... Um, like I got so many things out of it. Swimming, first of all. Like, at 33 years of age, starting to swim, I would have never thought that I would swim. You couldn't swim? I couldn't swim. No, I couldn't swim. And the depth of the water was just, I can never reach the ground in a pool. So when I swim, I have to swim to the edge to get, you know, right. to stop. Right. To stop. So yeah. that's a big thing for me. And to be able to do that now, I'm absolutely delighted. Um, like, I never thought I'd reach that goal. Did you have to overcome a lot of fear? F- yeah, for that that I had boy, loads yeah. of fears, Fran. It's just literally always had to be at the edge because I always thought I'd go under. Um, and yeah, obviously you would go under, but it was just learning about my breathing and, you know, learn how to float. And like, I was in my second swimming lesson and I just took off. Literally just took off. Tell me about the cameras, because I know you had issues with your appearance and stuff, so I'm just wondering what it was like then, because the cameras were in your home, it was all close up and personal and all that. What was that like? Yeah, so the first week was very tough, Fran. Um, I knew I was taking on a big thing. And, like, I was leaving my whole life out there. Um, like, there's no secrets anymore, everyone knows my life. Yeah. Um, so it was a big thing, and I got, from when I got released, um, that I was a leader, I got very emotional that day. Very emotional that day, thinking that I was going to get hate comments and look, you know, things that I've lived with all my life, people saying nasty things and stuff. So I was very nervous. But do you know what? The response of the whole thing, Fran, has been absolutely amazing. Um, everyone has been so kind and it's been fantastic. My whole journey has been fantastic. I think I've opened the eyes of the whole country to see how it is for a little person. And yeah, it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> couple of quotes from you that really I, I found so powerful. You said, I can finally look in the mirror at myself. You said, I can finally walk down the street and look in the shop windows. I've accepted myself. So should I take from that that you couldn't look in the mirror before you found the mirror? No. So a thing with me, Fran, um, I kind of never said I was, you know, I never looked at myself as a little person. So I was avoiding it all the time. And if I'd seen another little person as well, I would have cross the road and I just because I never seen myself as a little person and when I looked and I couldn't look at myself because I could see my height I could see everything and yeah it was I was being hard on myself I was being hard on myself and just to be able to do it now Fran to look in the mirror like it acceptance has come with this journey and literally just 
I love looking at myself in the mirror now. I literally do. And just walking down the street, I'm proud to say that I'm a little person now. But yes, I did avoid that for a long, long time. Now, I'm very surprised at that because you and I know one another for, yeah. for, for many years. And I always thought you were plenty of confidence and always great fun and up for a bit of crack and yeah. loved a bit of entertainment and all of that. So was this some sort of a mask you were putting on? Yeah, I was putting on a mask. It, literally, that's what it was. Um, Fran, yes, I do. I did love concerts. I love going everyone and everyone would say, oh, you were so bubbly and so confident. But there was still that part that I was hiding away. Um, like, there was a lot that I was hiding away and, like, people wouldn't have realised it until, like, one of my close friends or something and we're walking down the street and we see a little person and stuff. They seen me avoiding all that. Um, so, yeah, it just took that time. It took me to go on the show f- to open up my whole life. Um and then to accept myself. Um, and it did take a while. Like, the whole eight weeks wasn't, you know, a smooth journey. I mm. had ups and downs. But when I look at it now, I do it all over again. Have you had contact from other little people about your uh, contribution, I suppose? Yes, I've had um, a lot of mums. Um, one lady really touched me the other day, um, got a message, and her, she had her first child, and the child has a kind of plasia, and... She just had no research on that kind of place here, nothing. And she said, I've seen you on the Late Late Show. And she goes, you just... She said, if my daughter is going to be anything like you, she goes, I'm a lucky mum. And, do you know, because there isn't enough research out there for a kind of place, yeah, um, and Fran. And just to kind of get out there and show people, because I'm sure that mum was really terrified, scared. She didn't know what way it's going to go. But, like, she's seen my whole life on television so she said she's nothing to worry about like look at you um, you have so much confidence and I, I always did have confidence Fran but I have so much more now Isn't that great? Your mum has become a bit of a star as well hasn't she? Yeah everyone loved mum <laughs> um, that's literally us at home Fran yeah. um, we get on great um, they love her, she's funny She's you know, she's a good character and Everyone, we've seen it. Loads of comments have come and they want us all on Box next. So, yeah, if they come to us, we'll go on it. <laughs> so you're going to be a TV star along with your mother now. Yeah, it's, yeah. Because um, we get on great. And, you know, none of it is... It, that's what actually happens. Like, from a big one there, Alexa, they were all laughing at that. There's a load of things <laughs> yeah, in it. But, yeah, she's got as much fame as I've got out of the whole is thing, Isn't it great? Was she concerned for you at the start of this, Marie? So, Fran, I never told her that I applied for Operation Transformation. And when I... Because I said I'd wait to see does anyone get in touch yeah. first. And then when um, I got in touch and the first Zoom call, I had to tell her them because they wanted to meet Mam as well. So I was like, Mam, after trying for Operation Transformation, I'll go away, she said. So she wasn't believing in me. And I was like, I literally am, Mam. So we sat down, we had the first Zoom call and that was only the first process. And then... When I actually got called up to DCU, DCU, she was like, oh, God. And then you're waiting another week to see, do you get picked as a leader? And here, Catherine Thomas comes to the door and I nearly fell down with it. And yeah, of course, she was concerned, but she knew that I, I was strong enough to get through it all, Fran. And it was literally, I just needed help. Yes. I just needed help and I got the help and I got through it all. Um, yes, there was evenings there I was crying and stuff um, yeah there was a few comments bad comments on the thing but I was better than them I just kind of said yeah like they have problems they need to go fix themselves when they have time to write something on social media um, like something nasty like 
they need to go and fix themselves. So now. you got some nasty comments. I did get did some you? nasty comments, but like the amount of good comments I got, Fran, um, them nasty ones didn't mean anything to me. Um, like as, as I said, like they took their time out to write something like mm-hmm. that. They really need to kind of fix themselves uh, because if you just t- if you do that, like I don't know how someone could do it. First of all, um, but yeah. They didn't set me off my journey anyway. I still carried on, took no notice. And just the response when the final came out there and people have been absolutely amazing, amazing. And I couldn't thank everyone enough. So I couldn't because it made me feel so loved. Um, it, It has made me feel who I actually am and who I can be every day and to walk down the street and not think about myself and not think what people are thinking or have they got the phone out or they're going to say something to me. Snapchat was a big thing for me, especially the younger generation, um, taking pictures, thinking it was funny and stuff. And I've con- Without your permission? Without my permission. Um, I've always kind of dealt with that in life, Fred. Um, and my family and my friends will tell you exactly you think I'm going off my head and I'm like they're pointing the phone and I've caught people out I've caught people out on many occasions and I've got aggressive in many occasions too being out in pubs and stuff like that When because I'm out to enjoy myself not for someone to take pictures to think it's funny like I'm human as well so yeah I'm delighted I went on the show and got my whole story out there because I think the whole country is after changing and it is amazing. Isn't that fantastic? What they would secretly photograph or film you. Yeah, like before the show, Fran, I had a night out. I had a night out and I literally caught someone and I went behind them because I could see them taking the photo. So I just said I'd pretend I was going back the way. And I was literally, here it was on their phone and I'm not an aggressive person. I literally smashed the phone out of their hand. Good. Because I could see myself on their phone. And I picked up the phone then again. I was like, what is this? So me and my friends got very, like, why would you need to take something like that? Um, Like, and they've no answers for it, but they must, I don't know what to get out of it, but they must think it's hilarious. Um, But I don't think it's hilarious because you're ruining my night. Um, I'm out to go out and enjoy myself with my friends, just like everyone else's. So... For someone to even do that, it's kind of pathetic. Um, so I hope that I never come across that ever again because I'm after putting myself out there. I'm after telling them how I feel about this whole thing. And yeah. Right. So there's no excuse now whatsoever. You, you've set out your stall where this yeah. is concerned. You also alluded to nasty comments over the years. I mean, it, it, did that happen since you were a child? I mean, Yeah, it would have happened since I was a child. I suppose primary school, not so much. Secondary school was course, yeah. tougher. Secondary school was tough. And yeah, I suppose I was different. Um, they weren't going home. Parents weren't teaching them at home and telling them, like, this is the way she was born and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, the M word, um, I don't like saying it myself, but I'm sure everyone knows the M word was a big thing for me and yeah it's just horrible to even hear it Fran um, so you can imagine like what school was like for me it was tough it was tough and um, when people were in groups like groups and more so um, young boys um, they were the worst so they were um, and yeah I did have a great bunch of friends but Fran but yeah boys in a group together think it's absolutely hilarious so if I was to get out and out there I just love parents to tell their kids growing up, like, don't run away from me when a child wants to ask a question. Let them ask a question because they're never going to learn, Fran. Right. They're never going to learn. So this is what I want to get out there. So when 
when a child is curious and wondering why I'm small, let them ask a question. Don't pull them away. Right, because that's a natural curiosity. Yeah, is that, of that, course it that's is. That's not offensive. No, it's, it's not, not offensive yeah. or anything like that, Fran. Um, that's the best way you'll teach your child. Let them ask the question. And I have no problem answering any questions. Yes. Um, because they're curious. We're all curious. Yeah. So, yeah, they're not going to learn if you're not going to tell them. By just pulling them away and giving out, you're not going to teach them. Um, by doing that. So, yeah, let them ask the questions. Something else you said to me that I'm really intrigued about is that you avoided other little people. Would you, would you tell me about that? Yeah, so I did avoid other little people because I suppose I didn't accept myself first, Fran. Right. And I didn't see myself as a little person. I see myself as an average type person. The only time I'm reminded as a little person, obviously, when I look in the mirror, when I see myself in a shop window, or when someone reminds me of it. Um, so that's... Because I, I avoided it so much, um, because I seen little people and I was like, oh, God, I look like that. Um, and yeah, I was just, it was me that was being nasty yes. yeah. then. It was me that wasn't being nice. But I had to work on myself, Fran. And that's when I, like, acceptance comes in there. I had to, through this whole journey, it came to where I had to work on myself. Um, and now I'd be absolutely more than delighted to be with a little person and uh, hang out with little people. And there is, I uh, do have a great community of little people there. Um, but yeah, it was just, I didn't want people to see two little people together and stuff like that. So I just avoided it all, Fran. I did. And do you know these um, uh, series that are up, it's on satellite TV about little people in, in America and stuff and groups of them and families. Yeah. Of them. Um, is, is that helpful or not helpful, Marie? Um, I suppose it is helpful, Fran. I would have never watched them, but I do know about them. Yeah. I suppose it is helpful to get it out there and show that... like. And you don't think it's voyeuristic in some way that it's just people having a look? Or, I, I, I'm, I don't know whether yeah. they're good or bad, to um, be honest. I suppose it, it is good in a way, Fran. Um, there was a few things like the movie The Smurfs. Yeah, that wouldn't have been good because that's where it, the names come out of. Um, there was a few other things and... That's where the N-word came out of as well from another movie. Another movie, So, yeah. yeah. But the real, the real life um, series of little people and stuff, showing them how we live every day, yeah, they're good. Um, because they're showing people how we live every day. And, how, like, life is normal for me. Mm. Life is totally normal for me. I just might do something a little bit different. Mm. Um, and that's it, Fran. Yeah. yeah. What about love and relationships and all of that? Love and relationships, they haven't been great, Fran. Have they not? <laughs> they haven't been great. Um, so, yeah, I have been in love, I have been in previous relationships. But you know what I noticed, Fran? What? They don't show me off. They hide me behind doors, and that's where I've realised this time, I'm not about that anymore. I'm here to find someone that will show me off, that will tell them this is my partner or girlfriend, whatever. Um, I, yeah, like, I'm 33 now, and... Yeah, it would have been a lot of that. Like, I've wasted my time Did you? with past relationships. And it, what do you mean? They'd, they'd hide you away? Yeah, so... They'd never bring me out for a meal, Fran. They'd never bring me out for a meal. They'd never bring me out to the pub. But I, I used to accept that, Fran. Like, I used to think, oh, yeah, sure. I used to never go anywhere with them, never been seen in public. And I was accepting that. Um... I definitely won't be accepting it anymore. You'll be bringing me on a proper date. Um, but yeah, I did just accept that because they were ashamed to say that they were a little person. And you accepted I that did. at that time? At that time, yeah, I used to. Yeah. Right, but you would not accept that anymore. No, I can see by your face, fan. that's that. Um, 
I'm gone from all that. I'm totally gone from all that. If someone wants to bring me on a date, yes, I'll be willing to go on a date. Um, I want to see that you'll be with me in public um, and not hide me away. I My past is gone now from all of that. I'm a better person now. And yeah, I wouldn't tolerate any of that now, Fran. I totally wouldn't. And rightly so too. Um, from here on, what what are the plans? I mean, I, I can see you being <laughs> amazing in TV in coming time. Not just Gogglebox, but I mean, I could see a career for you here, definitely. I, would you like something? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I have big goals, Fran. Um, yeah. So I do, yeah. I'd love to be an advocate for people with disabilities. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, yeah. it'd be absolutely amazing. Um, I have a few things. I'd like to write a book. Um, yeah, a lot of things. A lot of people have said to me that I should be hired with RTE and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know where my future's going, but a spot. it's what I put into it now, Fran. Right. Um, but Operation Transformation, it's opened your life to all of these wonderful yeah, possibilities yeah. now. And I have to hold my hand up here and say I had serious reservations about Operation Transformation, particularly in the, in the early days. I thought it was disrespectful for people coming out and showing them off with yeah. just it's, bottoms on and stuff like yeah, that. You know, it has totally changed, it's totally It has changed, totally changed. It? Yeah. It's an amazing show. And I couldn't credit it enough. Um, yes, I was like that as well, Fran, when they had the half tops and yeah, shorts. I was I like, oh, just, God, coming um, out in that. Yeah. But they've changed the whole show and they're absolutely amazing. Right. The team is amazing. Like Neve Buffini, my expert, they got on especially for me. She knew so much. She knew how what my exercise, everything. Um, they have put in a lot of work. The show is after changing and um, I hope it continues because it is absolutely amazing. Very good indeed. Catherine Thomas, any, any gossip? Is, it, is she <laughs> Catherine all right? Catherine Thomas is an amazing <laughs> woman. Absolutely amazing. Great laugh. Um we have such a connection, me and Katrin, and I was even talking to her during the week there. Um, Katrin is absolutely amazing. I had a real connection with her because Katrin's two kids are IVF, and we just had amazing connection. And what, what's IVF? IVF, so uh, Katrin couldn't have kids, so she right. had to... Oh, sorry. I'm yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, so during that show, like, and just to have her, obviously, I want to have kids myself, Fran. So just to have Katrin there and speaking with me, and she's been amazing, and like you you think like they're all just on the show no we're bringing them home with us again because they're all in contact with us and uh-huh. um, they're coming down to visit like it's not they don't just leave you after the show we get six months help after the show as well so you're not just left like Pretty out good. the door and go you still get help after yeah. the show Neve, my expert Neve, is coming down to do more exercise with me and stuff so yeah it's not just like drop you um, they stay with you for six months. They do stay with you for six months. And yeah, I think like catching, I don't think I'll get rid of her anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you'd love to have kids. Yeah, I'd love oh, to have great. kids, yeah. Fran. Yeah, it's one yeah. thing I've always kind of wanted. I always said I was before I was 30, before I was 30, but obviously that didn't happen. And yeah, I'm like, as you've seen in some of the articles, I'm not waiting on a man. I'm not wait. Yeah, of course, if a man comes, I'd be absolutely delighted. But my clock is ticking. And would you look at the IVF yeah, for journey, yeah, for example? Yeah, fertility, yeah, I would. Um, so that's another goal. I've, there's so many goals there, Fran, that I still have to reach. Yeah. And I'm really excited for reaching every one of them. So I am. Well, we're very proud of you. And I'm looking at the screen in front of me here. And we have been deluged uh, with people saying how wonderful you are and what a terrific inspiration you've been and all of that. Marie. Oh, amazing. So, so Thank you. We were delighted to, uh, to have you in this morning. And thanks. And I look forward to seeing you in a, in a pub. In a pub somewhere. Or, or in a venue somewhere. <laughs> along the way. Marie, thanks very much. Great, thank you, thank you, Fran. We'll be right back. 
If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call TIP today on 1-800-938-007. Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter or email tiptoday at tipfm.com. Now, as I say, a huge response to Marie speaking to me uh, this morning. Let me bring you just a taste of what we've uh, gotten in already. Fran, Marie is just fantastic. What a brilliant leader. Wishing her all the very, very best for the future. And that's Margaret who's in Shinron today. Hello, Margaret. How are you? And thank you so much for making contact uh, with us. Let me bring you some more. Uh, Patrick on to say, great interview. Fran, a lovely young lady, and we wish her the very best. Somebody else saying, brilliant interview, Marie. Uh, well done. Keep up your amaz- amazing uh, attitude. Uh, Thomas was on to say, fair play for doing what she did. Amazing work. If I had the confidence she had, I would love to do uh, the same. I struggle with going to the gym because I always believe that people talk and judge and look at me. I'd love uh, the help to lose weight and build confidence. Yeah, I know I know the way you are about that, Thomas. I mean, I've been in the gym a few times, sometimes for the programme, in fact. And uh, yeah, you always feel like that, don't you? Because there's some great looking muscle people in the- there. And uh, yeah, we go in like something out of uh, The Simpsons. But anyway, uh, well done, Marie. Onwards and upwards, says another listener. Now, we're with you every weekday morning, of course, uh, from nine o'clock. And uh, Johnny Louis spoke to us this morning about uh, potential rising fuel costs ahead of his breakfast. Here's a little of what he had to say to us just after nine o'clock this morning. You can talk about the cost of living again and again and again, mm. but does anybody bloody well listen? I mean, how can they put up the diesel and the petrol uh, by 7 cent the 1st of June, by 8 cent in August, and mm. by t- 4 or 5 cent? Suppose it goes up a euro between mm. this and May. Mm. Are they going to put on the 7 cent on it again? You see, I don't know, but that's the government tax that they're phasing back in that they took off there. Um, okay. yeah. I'll tell you something. Listen, you won't believe this. I'm going in here now, this place, and I'm having a glass of white wine with a sausage and a rasher. It's 28 minutes past nine, Johnny. I don't give a hoot. <laughs> I was going to say two continental hoots if this 10 past 10 at night when I want my glass of white wine, uh, friend, that's it. Aren't you, aren't you gone very posh now? Is that a, sh- a little cheeky Chardonnay you'll have, is it? Uh, yeah, the, the, the Australian stuff. Uh, there's somebody with a name on it uh, The Wicked Chicken or something <laughs> you're, <laughs> such, you're such a class act Do you know yeah. that? <laughs> That's Johnny Luby in full flight This morning just after 9 o'clock um, Bishop Fonzie um, Yeah, big response to uh, Speaking to him as well Just to give you a taste of that Fair play to the Bishop What a lovely idea to give ashes out In the centre of a town Fran with uh, two na- two teenagers My God, us parents were very scared Gay, lesbian or straight No problem whatsoever It's how we're born And it's not a choice But it's all gone too far I do believe the schools are gone too far also And probably a lot of teachers thinks uh, think it's too far too. Um, teachers and parents need to stand up and put a stop to some of what's going on. Gay, lesbian, straight, uh, treat everybody the same. No special weeks like Pride, etc. But wanting to be referred to as they, them, and in some countries wanting to be referred to as an animal, etc. It's gone too far. We really have to stop this urgently. The Department of Education need to get their act together. Some of our innocent children are being confused. It's so wrong. This is one of our listeners. News and information is on the way. 
Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, puck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie now, uh, welcome back. Thanks, Pat. Uh, 1800 Fran, any chance you give our table quiz I mentioned this morning? It's for Positive Steps Together, and they've undertaken a huge project in providing a facility for young adults who have intellectual and complex needs in the cooperation with the Brothers of Charity and it serves a wide area, mostly South Tipperary, West Waterford. My daughter, Kira is currently in a placement in Newcastle, which uh, came about last October. Uh, I was on with you last last October about the same issue and thank you. Our conversation certainly helped my Kira to find a placement. Anyhow, the quiz is a small way for me to contribute for now and it's uh, in Goltonbridge in uh, it's the first in nearly four years due to the challenges of COVID and I'm asking anybody who can spare a few hours tonight to come along please. A table of four costs 20 euro and that comes in from Jeremiah. Hello to you Jer and we wish you well tonight. So that's in Goltonbridge. I'm not sure where in Goltonbridge that's uh, happening but uh, it is uh, you you know where that it's is Peter in Peter, Glenview, yeah. oh, in Glenview. The Glenview okay very very good indeed all right it's time for our friday panel and let me introduce them to you already you've heard from peter ryan there peter is a community activist lena ryan is with us as well no relation hello lena how are you good N- nice to see you again and joe Leahy is with us founder of CISO, of Thank course you, and the security consultant and all of that you're all extremely welcome indeed Thanks. now can we begin with Ukraine because it's exactly one year since the Russian invasion of Ukraine. One year on, um, we thought this would all be over and done within a matter of weeks. We did indeed, Fran, and we thought it would be only, you know, a kind of a, a long weekend job or, you know, a couple of months at the outset and that would be all over and done. But I too didn't know the number that, that have yeah. uh, been killed and, you know, you wonder, is it is that it? Is it half that or is it twice that? Mm. Double that? You don't mm. know. And the problem, I suppose, that we all have, I suppose, the startling thing for me personally about it was that I didn't think Ukraine would be able to stand up to the, the, the perceived might of Russia mm. in my own head at the very beginning. Uh, it has... I suppose the annoying thing about it all is the propaganda that keeps coming from Russia. You know, when you see Putin there the other day coming out on the radio or the television, you know, and he's saying that that uh, everybody else is responsible except me mm. type of thing mm. and our people. But um, you wonder... And that he wants to save the Russian people from fascism and... That's all right, yeah. Rhetoric, all, yeah. But the frightening thing, of course, is now that we're 12 months into it, is where, where will this stop? You know, and what will happen next? Mm. Because he looks like to me like he's you know he believes all his own rhetoric, and he's totally out of you know out of sync with um, being normal. I suppose mm. there's such a thing, and and he's totally out of sync with that, and he has no consideration for anybody else. And more alarmingly, he has no consideration for his own people mm. because they too are getting killed in their obviously in their millions as well. So what's the so, fear, Joe? Is it escalation of this? I'd say an escalation, yeah. friend, because I think it's I think it's um, when you go to some point, I think in life, you know that. You're gone. Be, you're gone past the power. The 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 point of 
giving, uh, stepping back or yes. pulling out. So or past the point of rescue, as they say, yeah. <laughs> That's a great yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're gone past the point yeah. of rescue. Yeah. And I think when you're gone past that, it's extremely difficult to, to come back from that and save face at the same time. You know, yes. you're running out of excuses to, to save face. So it's only victory will save face for, for Putin. Really, I think so. It, I yeah. think so. And, and the pro- the, are we looking at nuclear then for all that? Isn't that the big, big fear for everybody, you know? So mm. I, I think we're in a very dangerous place, like right now. You know, I, I would have thought and hoped that maybe even the, the anniversary that he that somebody might have said, like, look, right, mm. we're out of here and we're grand and we're gone and we're done and we're fine. You know, that, but yeah. that does, doesn't seem to have happened, you know. Lena, there's so many conversations around this we could have, but one that troubles me is that I don't think, it's just a personal observation, that there's enough talk about peace. But how, how do you feel about well, it? Well, that's what I was just going to say. I, yeah. I think, you know, Putin is what he always was, yeah. that, and he's not going to change. But just who is benefiting from this? Mm. And it, it is to me, it's the other world powers. I think if there wasn't oil involved, it wouldn't be happening at all. And I think the, we, I think though, as a, as a society, we're stopped from saying what we really feel mm. because mm. it's not politically correct and mm. you get shot down and, you know, there's a, a very negative uh, conversation going on about Ukraine. Yes. But there's not, we're not, we're, we're talking about the refugees and, and, and the do people. And you find that even if you talk about peace, uh, your brand is being anti-Ukrainian in some way. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like, it's... And, and like, the other thing is, like, I, I didn't know that figure you gave. That's, yeah. that's absolutely horrific yeah. when you think of it. And that's all young men women and children it's of all yeah, age groups it's yeah. it's you know it's an awful you know yeah, it's a bit like, it, it's, casualty, it's yeah. terrible and also the damage that's been done like the, the russian people are suffering as well the ordinary russian people who have no yes. control over this and the russians are they're losing a thousand young men a day in this conflict a day are dying that's that, you know that's a thousand families a day <clears throat> that are annihilated <clears throat> but like you know we we we, we talk about you know the, what are the Americans doing in this? Like, and they say the Americans, and I'm I'm not an expert by any manner of means, but they say the Americans, the English have a lot to do with this. Mm. The, you know, the rest of the world has to stand up and start saying, "Come on, we want this sorted, one way or the other," because it's only going to get an awful lot worse and not a lot better, mm. and we'll all be dragged into it. You know, financially, I'm a, I'm a great person for stats this morning for some reason or other, <laughs> but 67 billion euro has come from the EU to Ukraine so far. 67 billion euro. Huge question, Fran, I'd have for that is where has that gone and what is that benefiting? I'm sorry, my uh, hands well, are going well, mad. I, I guess it's the war effort. Uh, well, what, I, I yeah, what, like, is that filtering down to the, the families that are destroyed? To, are they getting food? Or is it going into that middle quarter where that middle hole where nothing really happens with it and nobody knows? Or is it in administration where we know with a lot of monies like that can, can you know... Right. That's very interesting. So I don't know I don't what, know what checks and balances are on this. Peter? Um, going back to the start there, um, thinking it would be over in a weekend. Mm. I don't think any of us thought that, really, because mm. it's Russia we're talking about. Mm. They were in for the long haul here. And it won't be over for another 12 months or maybe two years. Mm. And that's a lot of the fall to the West, because, like the Americans, the English, the French, they're all making money, big, big money out of this. And it is all about money. Mm. Like, America, um, Biden turned up, unexpected during the week mm. uh, right that's just fueling the thing yeah. what they need to do is turn up at the table and sit down with all the parties mm. and try to 
get an get an answer and get a solution to this. Wh- like. wh- why are you shot down in mainstream media if if you make that point? Because the experts will come on and say there's no talking to Putin. He has to be taught a lesson if, here because otherwise he could sort of move into other countries. In if Eastern. you're not what they consider now politically correct mm. in mainstream media, mm. they mightn't even hear your opinion. Mm. At least we're lucky to have TPFM. They mm. listen to whatever we are saying, I think, to a certain extent. But mainstream media, they're all... There's just one, there's just one agenda now, and that's this politically correct agenda, do you know? Mm. So, um, the, what, what would be said to you would be that, you know, Ukraine would lose out big time if there wasn't the support of the West here. Um, uh, you know, there would if, be a Russian takeover there. And, yeah. uh, if that money you mentioned earlier... Mm. was put into trying to make peace. 67 billion. Yes. Like, this all started because I think the West wanted to land the, um, what is it, the NATO, whatever, down in the back garden of the Russians. Mm. Like, there were a lot of winding up done in this before this started. Yes. So I think the West need to think about what they're doing as well. Right. Uh, Joe, will we have this conversation this time next year? Unfortunately, I see... Lena's nodding away. Yeah, yeah, I'm afraid we will. I'd say we will. Like, you know, if you just come back, like, even, like, you know, now I'm not comparing this and don't anyone think I am, but you come back, like, to our troubles here at home with this protocol and all that, you know, what are we doing? Like, we're rolling on down the road, like, you know, what's really happening? All talk and no action. Mm. We're the very same. I think we will be still having this conversation, provided provided that Mr. Putin don't up the ante to such an extent Mm. that we won't be able to combat it. Right. And you are a security expert. Um, would you talk to me about the fact that we... Are we breaching our own neutrality at this point? We're sending over people now to train to train Ukrainian yeah. soldiers at this point. Um, well, it's a very delicate operation, Fran. Like, how, like we're, we're, we're a little... In, in world parlance, we're a little... We're a dot. Mm-hmm. Mm. really and truly and we have to be seen to do something like you know what I mean because we're part of this EU and we have to turn our top and sort into it that's what I think and I think we're probably is probably costing a lot less to send over a few troops to train a few others mm. but is that is that does that cross the line though does that cross the line is yeah. right I, we're very very close to the line I would have to say but what do you do like what, how do we how do we help yes in in a, like we can't very well give them 60 billion, like, because right. we haven't it for ourselves, so how, how are we going to give it to them? Well, so we how, are giving so, a substantial well, amount. We are, we are for, giving for, a substantial amount. Non-lethal... Um, but how do we, but how do, then do we supplement their, how do we help in a supplementary way? Well, and I think the best way we can do it is something like that. Well, we've taken in 70,000 refugees, I suppose. And how, that number how, will grow, Fran. How, how better could you help? Well, you know? that number is growing, Fran, and you see the hassle that that has caused already. Yes. And will continue to cause. Mm. And and that will continue. Were we ready to take him in? No, we weren't. Mm. Were, were, had we anything in place? No, we we really didn't have. And this will only get worse. Right. There's like there's people being put in here into this country that were into places, into little villages, into different places. We're not equipped under a thousand different ways to deal with those people from from mm. security, from schools, from medicals, from recreation, from even just speaking a normal language. And down the road, will we pay a price? Oh, definitely. We will pay because... You didn't even have to think about that. No, we don't have to think about it because we're going to be left pick up the mess. And there will be a mess. And there will be a mess and there'll be a serious mess. And what are we going to do then, Lack? Peter, you're you're, you're saying yes. Yeah, Yeah, uh, I think the government have been absolutely reckless in this this carry-on. 
Now, we spoke about this finance bill about 11 months ago. Mm. And I think at the time, I was trying to throw out a figure, maybe maximum 10,000 we'd be able to cope with in this country. Uh, well, they want 70 something, and as Joe said, it is going to grow. But what, where are we going to put them? What are we going to do? Mm. And we, what, what about the argument this is an unprecedented situation? This is a humanitarian crisis. It's our duty to do this. Well, Joe made a the point there we're a dot. Mm. We, our number that we're taking in should be the equivalent to the dot that we are. Let the big countries match what we have taken in. Mm. And if the big countries match it, then we'll just have to stay quiet and say, OK. Right. Well, they tell you countries like Poland, for example, taking in huge numbers of people. I mean, yeah, but really, but they're, they're on the border. Is yeah, that they're neighbours. Yeah. But, like, what about England? What about America? Mm. What about France? Mm. Like, you know, look at their figures to their head of population. Yeah. Like, Joe is right. We're going to suffer down the road. Yeah. We are creating a mess for ourselves Lena, now. Lena, you were nodding furiously when I said, will we have this conversation in, in a year's time? You think this is going to trundle on? Oh, I, I think it's going to, to it's going to escalate, and I think, like Joe, I think it's going to get worse for us. But the question you asked Joe is the one I'd like to address. Is, yeah. You know, what should we be doing? I don't think we should be sending medic or um, uh, um, training training uh, I think we had a very delicate situation in Northern Ireland it took 20 or 30 years we have huge experience in conflict resolution Mm. that's the expertise we should be sending and and like that what a great point yes you know that that is a very delicate thing to be trying to do so that's what we should be doing is that what you're saying and that's what and the other thing if we are going to get involved militarily it is to set up a safe zone somewhere in the Ukraine, you know, f- make that a fortress that people do not have to leave their own homes, their own lands and their own, and that, and prevent, maybe make that a safe area. Now that's probably idealistic from my point of view, but that would be a much better use of the EU's military expertise and the E mm. and, and the money. But yeah, and why Why do you think, I mean, all the talk about the Good Friday Agreement and how important it is, God knows it is, and protecting it and all of that, but the same people who would say that uh, are not talking peace for in Ukraine, you know? I Be- mean, because, because, like Peter said, in my opinion, it's not politically correct, it's not the right, right time, it's not uh, financially beneficial to those people, uh, to other people, the people that are c- controlling this situation, and people are controlling it, uh, to right. do that. That's, that's but, my opinion. Uh, but again, their argument against that is you're dealing with a despot here, you're dealing with you know... Uh, that was the argument in Northern Ireland, that was the argument in, 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 in lots of places, you know, but, you know, to deal with them is to isolate them, and, and you know, to to get people talking from all 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 angles, you know, and it doesn't have to be top of the. It doesn't have to be world news. That's what happened in Northern Ireland. It went on for years with the ordinary people in the background. All right, then, uh, lots of listeners getting involved in this as well. I'll take a break. We'll be back with our panel in just a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie 
Now, you're very welcome back to Tip Today, 1800-938-007. And uh, we move on. The Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, has criticised changes to the Roald Dahl books after the removal of some references to things like characters' appearance and weight sparked a rather fierce uh, debate indeed. Um, uh, the changing of the word fat to enormous was something that uh, people are uh, really incensed about. Mrs Twit from the Twits is no longer ugly and beastly, but simply beastly. The words crazy and mad have also been removed as a result of an emphasis on mental health. Uh, the new that has been reported and a threat to knock her flat in uh, Matilda has been uh, give her a right talking to. So we're wondering what our panel thinks about that. Uh, Lena, can I start with you first of all, rewriting literature um, to probably uh, appease the woke brigade. How, how do you feel about that? <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing here because if Mr. Sula, if that's all he has to worry about in the world today, <laughs> then we're in a sad state. Um, I actually think it's ridiculous. Mm. I think it also there's there's a whole issue here that only last night, like that is Mr. That's Roald Dahl's work. Mm. Nobody has the right to do it. That's played. That's you know that's his. He has a, it, it's patent. I also think it's making an issue for children that isn't an issue for them at all. It's an adult thing. Like the children don't see it like that. They don't see it. I mean, there could be probably we could probably learn from it and maybe describe things better. But I don't think that it's it should be. I don't think it should be changed. Right. It's making a huge issue. And, and the poet uh, Eleanor Hooker said to me during the week, and I think it's a great point, indeed, we'd be better off to teach the kids to read this stuff but be discerning about it. Do you know what I mean? Discuss it and, and so, rather than take it out of but it. But they're, they're, they're like, they're making, as I said, they're making an issue that, oh, you shouldn't say uh, Lena is fat. You shouldn't say Lena is ugly. But you have to be honest, if Lena is fat and ugly, then you have to find a way of describing that without hurting. And say to the person, each person is an individual. As, as the, I think that's a great idea, is to make it, make them look at it and say that mm, this isn't yeah. true, this is a book. Make but them, uh, it's, yeah. it's making an issue, I think, for, for and it's taking away their childhood. It's, you know, um, I think that that it, that it, it should be, I, I, I don't agree with it. Yeah, in fairness though to Rishi Sunak, he was critical of the fact that people wanted to yeah, do this, yeah, so yeah. it wasn't that he was, he was advocating, the, oh, sorry, yeah. advocating this. Mm. Peter, what, what about you on this? Um, like I said, Richie Sunak, <laughs> you have serious problems if this is his worst one, but um, mm. it is mad. Mm. As you know, you all know my stand on all this thing. Leave, leave things alone. Mm. Why are we interfering in everything? And it's, um, like Lena said, it's his work. It should be left alone. Yes. What next are they going to pick on? Yes, well, they're pulling down statues. They're yes. doing all sorts Obviously, of things to rewrite history the in Bible, some ways. will have to be, the mm. words have to be changed on it. And children should be left See, see the films as they were. Mm. Discuss them. Talk about them. Uh, that that Mrs. Twit, like, uh, she wasn't always ugly, mm. but she became ugly because she had very ugly thoughts. Mm. Mm. So if you taught kids to have nice thoughts, right? Okay, they probably be beautiful. Like, you know, <laughs> it's it's just another way of. Right, but but you'd get them to discuss it and yes. to to point out what's probably wrong with it or what's that. But at least then they're yeah, engaging in, with the text. Yeah, and like yeah. like um, in Matilda, she travelled the world with um, with Joseph Conrad, mm. a couple more. They're mm. taking out of the book now. She's with this John Stilberg. Mm. Um, I don't think his record is as good as he's had to been replaced, put mm. in there. Right. Okay. Like, if you check him out, it's not all. He's not great no more, so he'll probably be removed out of it in another couple of weeks. Like, indeed, yeah. uh, so, Joe, what, what, what do you think about this uh, rewriting? Um, wait, wait till yeah. they get to opera, by the way. Wait, wait till they get to rewriting that, all of the, 
the passion and the anti-Semitism but, and the racism in, 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 in classical music. But anyway, sorry, but Joe. I'll yes. p- no, you're grand. Right, I'll, put, I'll pick you up on the word there. Day. Oh, yes. Day. Yes, yes, yes. Day is the word. They are des- destroying society for the si- society we know. Yeah. Mm. Listen to me, we're going along there. Like, what's beyond utter madness? Whatever that is, that's where these people are. Like, mm. why in the name of God are we changing all these things? There's no need to change any of this. The day the, in this instance, yes. uh, the publishers themselves, because they're afraid of of offending people so they're prepared they they own the the rights to the Roald Dahl books they're afraid of offence and they want to continue selling but who are books. they afraid of offending Fran sorry to interrupt in there who are no. they afraid of offending there's three three of us here and I'm assuming you're there's four of us here we're not offended mm-hmm. we're thinking this is probably a good education for children to have a discussion with them and say well what word would you use to describe uh, Lena and who are uh, they uh, or, or is it or is it another money-making machine to reinvent another wheel? Here we go again, yeah. and off well, we go again. Silly anyway. Q, <laughs> and here we go again. Yeah. Well, uh, there's, there's clearly a reason for it, right. and the reason that we're thinking isn't the reason, obviously. So, <laughs> but, uh, but, but and are you saying to me that we're all talking about Roald Dahl books now, whereas we haven't probably been talking about them for some time? For when? Like when did we ever mention this before? Like we really didn't, and now we're here. And we, but we're also don't forget me you now. You know, let's go back there a few weeks ago, and we're in there into this day and this and he and she and all mm. this kind of thing. We're changing things for the name of the Lord God for no reason the way that they weren't. Mm. We're changing them just so as mm. what'll be coming next. We had well, it there. Well in the you last mentioned topic. the Lord God. I mean you know. for instance now they don't want he as the reference for, for God. They so want like, it to be gender neutral. In the name of in the name yes. of Fran in the name of Fran how, how can this be allowed to continue or where is it going to end up like because it's not going to stop and what's the sense in all of this like there's no sense in any of this at all this is all crazy stuff like like the people that want to go to mass they go to mass the people that don't want to go to mass they don't want to go to mass the people that want to go to A religion B religion C religion they go off and they do their thing and all those kind of things people want to go walking they go walking people want to go swimming they go swimming People that want to go listen to Fran and Muriel, they do that too. Mm. Please let people do what they want to do. There's no need to change everything and everything. We can't do anything. We can't say anything. We're going to be, we had it here last week, like about, you know, the Hearty Cup final of the week before. We're going to be a nation that we're going to destroy ourselves if we keep this up because we'll take the Irish out of the Irish. And believe you me, if we do that, we're going to end up in a very dangerous place. And mm. I think worse, we've taken the backbone out of Irish people. Irish people were known to stand up and yep. stand for something. Right. We, we, now, that is still there, but by God, it's it's been pushed right. down. And it's, it, but, it's, but your it's commentary different. this morning, you will not hear on talk shows now. You won't you won't hear that. And if I was to say what Joe said there, I'd be cancelled. Yeah, I, I think you that you and Tip FM have to be complimented that it is so open because it isn't open on right. other. But again, <laughs> goes back to money. Mm. Who owns the radio station? Who owns the media? And what what narrative do they want out there? Mm. Um, you know, well, I, 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 politicians are afraid to speak up now as well, Lena. Yeah, yeah, they are. With, with with some notable exceptions, in fairness. But if you and but, they are ridiculed. The notable exceptions yeah, but, are ridiculed. But right but, but if you see a lot, if you see a lot of the time, like, aren't we going to? Aren't we coming like to a stage now? Like, you know, and and this is if you are, you know, to sit back in the ass of your pants and say to yourself, I better be careful here now what I say. You wouldn't come on this show at all, mm, mm. because the chances of you making a mistake or making a slip up are high. Yes. And the chances of you offending somebody out there are far higher altogether. 
because there's somebody out there that's only waiting to hear what you're saying to jump in and say well, that's oh, the thing. Said, I, mean, I, I was talking to Bishop Fonzie this morning and um, about a piece he, he well he put up on his own uh, site and it's this guy Jeffrey Marsh now you see there again I blew it um, because I should say they he they them and uh, he has a billion views a billion views on this and he introduced what he said on the video by saying your parents have screwed up and the way around this is that you come and you, you, you get onto this Patreon, which I wasn't aware of either, which is some sort of a platform that you can have private interaction with this guy and you can share. Now, this is kids he's looking for to interact with them, with they, them on this. Um, does that trouble you? I, I, it, you sound, you're flabbergasted. I, I, I am because... Yeah. What is this? The, the, the person that has, do, has this site going? What's their agenda? Um, and it's private, so it, you know. What, why do you want kids to do that? Do it, or is yeah. that the bishop you're saying is doing that? No, no, no. It, 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 this this guy is a non-binary author. He has a billion views. He's the best-selling um, author in the states at the moment. He is advising presidential candidates yeah. on non-binary issues and the like. Well, as well. I wouldn't I think, like him I think that sums it up, Fran. Yeah, he's advising presidential candidates. Do you know, this is where we're at. Right. This, this, this lunatic. Like everyone wants him. And if you look everyone at it, if you look, if you look at it, Sonia Peter, if you look at it well, like that, what are children? Where's the age? What is what is he considered? What's considered a child on his platform? Oh, there, there, there is no. There is no. There, so there's no, no boundary. Yeah. But, but so, also, so, which is really scary, Joe, is I just know it from I yes. have a, a seven-year-old granddaughter yes. and a four-year-old granddaughter. And I said a nursery rhyme one day, a rhyme, a funny rhyme, and within two seconds, she was able to repeat it back to me. So they'll soak... Correct. Without without being able to discern that's rubbish or not, you know, until right. but they'll be brainwashed in effect if they're yeah, you know. The bishop made made a good point when he spoke about. I mean, if if a kid is troubled and they see a video like this, this is where they'll go. And and the opening remark was, your parents have screwed up. That wasn't some of your parents have screwed up, or maybe a, a group of mm. your parents. So parents in general, right across the board, and that was his selling pitch. Yeah, I suppose, fine. It's all to do with um, access to the phones again and that's what the that's really where yeah. it's all it's all at because like you look at children nowadays they might be like little steps of sales from 10 to 2 and mm. every one of them have a phone in their hand mm. like when I was their age we didn't even have a phone in the house we had to go to the neighbour so this is it's this access it's this free access to all this stuff that's mm. to me is the problem. And if parents want to sort this, they should not give their kids a phone until they probably have their communion made or confirmation made or something. Get them up at least mm. to be the, well confirmation communion is still too young. And uh, the bishop was pointing out this morning there's some uh, there's software available that can actually deal with what they're yes, looking at and yes, uh, yes, contain yes, it. Yes, yes. But as well as that, Fran, I think it's very dangerous like that you go on that platform to a one individual like this mm. person, like you know what I mean? Yeah. There's nobody without supervision. Without, without supervision. Yeah. Or without knowing the content of, of the conversation yes. either ways. Yeah. Like you don't know No, like, it might be fine content. It could I be fine know. content. Yeah. And yeah. it could be a fine conversation yeah. and it could be all of that. But the people then the 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 
the guardians or parents of those children. They have no idea at all what has been said or advised. Okay. Let it be right or let it be wrong. They still haven't clue what's had to be advised by this third party, per right. se. And then can that be quoted later on down the road if there's issues over it or if not? Or how do you govern this conversation? How do you evaluate the conversation? How do you, you know, monitor the conversation mm. to a child? Like, like at least when you're going into the school, like, or into the into your, you know, the curriculum. At least there's parent children's meet, you know, there's parent uh, teacher meetings, there's right. guardian teacher meetings. You can have some discussion as to what's going on, what's happening, what's not. You have no, you have none of this right. going on with these people. But if the opening gambit is your parents have screwed up, you kind of have an idea where this is going to go. Yeah, yeah but who, like, Fran, when you get involved in any organisation now, and it's the bane of, especially um, volunteers, is vetting. Hmm? Who's vet, who has vetted this person? Or you see, can you vet this person? There's, there's no and, vetting and, of anything and on social how media. Dare, like, that's, how dare you say my parenting is wrong? Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm. who, what gives you, what, what like, qualification yeah. have you to do that? Like, do you know? like, Nina, I think that's a very good point. That they like the betting, mm. like, um, like I'd be gladly betting myself for ladies' football and different stuff sure. like that. But um, it's not too long ago I was actually in our own local community. I was setting up a bit of a stage, and I'd be a local person, be well known. There was, I had a two or three hour window to get this job done because uh, there were kids coming into a room mm. beside me, mm. and I would have to have got. Gerdy vetted to be in the same building as those kids, even though they were with adults. And even though you were vetted for something else? Even though I was vetted for right. something okay. else. But I wasn't vetted, they taught me for what? Right. The kids... For, you have to be vetted for, for every yeah. individual. So it's, and, it's and that strict. It's that strict. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah. after saying that, Fran, they all had mobile phones in their hands and they were able to get whatever information and all the most damaging thing stuff it's in incredible. the world. See, you know, I and didn't realise that. So a single guard of vetting is, is not, not good enough. It doesn't do I'm multiple organisations. If I'm involved it? in ladies football, tidy mm. towns, you know, drama, um, whatever else, each organisation has to vet you. Right. And one organ, you could be you could be dealing with the same group of kids for five organisations. Yeah. You have to be vetted for absolutely everything right. before you can go near a child. You have you, to be. You were obviously aware of that, Joe, in yeah. your, your game. Yeah, yeah, we are, we are, friend. But on top of that, you see, it's all, it's it's still back to grey areas. Like you know what I mean? Like like there's no nothing flagging there. The person that's um, maybe is about to be charged or could be charged or is going through a process or the file has gone to the DPP. It's only common knowledge or local knowledge maybe per se would say, one second now, we, we need to have our own interview body and we need to have a, a probationary period or whatever else. It's only So it's a nightmare to be involved in all these things. Like there's a, a paperwork nightmare that's way, way worse than the actual doing the job, yeah. you know? Right. And it's yeah. it's it's off-putting, to say but, the least. But do I speak for everybody here, just for fear people might think that we have an agenda or something? I mean, I personally don't care who identifies as what. I would go along and I, I, I will certainly appreciate mm. whoever they identify as, totally whatever they want me to call them, whatever they want me to... I don't have a problem with... Do I speak for everybody? You do? Yes. Yes. You do? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So the, the, the issue is what? It's, it's when it's pushing it down somebody's throat, is that it? Or when it's... It is. They're, they're trying to... I think what people... The, the day that you're saying... Yeah. The day. I think the day are out there, like, and the day are saying, you know what I mean, that you must do this and you must do that and you must say him, her, and she is and this, that, and the other thing. Yes. Like, 
the basic thing here is respect. Yes. yes. And if you respect the, the person that you are, and you said it, you, your last, um, well, the, the participant that you had, that girl that you had on earlier on there before 11 o'clock, yes, it right. all came out about respect. Yeah. Yeah. And it really yeah, was, the, the word might not be mentioned, but it really was respect. respect. Yeah. And respect the individual, respect the person, respect what they are. We do that with everybody, regardless of who, what or where they're from, yeah. or what they stand up for, what they don't want to stand up for. That's what it's about. It's yeah. about respect. Yeah. It's not about and I just is. felt I had to say that because yeah. I know everybody here is very, very respectful yeah. indeed and well, I just wanted to make that clear. Well, All Fran, right. If we, if we um, say to the day that tell them they're wrong or tell them they're something, then we are completely out of thing. We're out politically incorrect and all the rest of it and we are wrong. But why are they not wrong telling us all their stuff? I don't no, think I don't there's a wrong or a right. I think yeah. if I decide I want to stand in rather than sit in yeah. the chair, yes. that it has nothing, yeah. no. it shouldn't affect no. all three. If I want no. to lie on the floor, as no. long as I'm doing my job, then no. that's right. my way of doing it. It's Again, it's about respect. There isn't a right or a wrong. Yes. It's just we have different views on it. And do you notice something as humour has gone out of everything? <laughs> I mean, a fella got on to me this morning. I, I thought it was very funny. He said, I'm a motorcyclist and I now want to identify as a cyclist. I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that was funny. But do you know what I mean? Humour has got... You, you're afraid to offend people but, by even laughing. But I said it earlier on there, friend. You know, we were talking... Peter and Mr. were talking about that before we come in, you know. If we're not careful, we will take the Irish out of this country. Oh, yeah, yeah, And we will. Like, you see there a few years ago, you know, Ireland, they're playing a soccer match away in Germany or somewhere. And you have all these police out, these mad Irish are all coming, you know, and we need to be careful. And we have... And so the next day after, you know, 24 hours, the German police, or whatever, whatever country they were from, they were inside having the crack with the Irish arms around, the big sing song, best <laughs> yeah. in the way. Yeah. We will stop this if we're not careful. We're not careful. Yeah. And we will. All right, let me, let me take uh, our final break. We'll be right back. Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter, or email tiptoday at tipfm.com. If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call Tip Today on 1 800 938 007. You're very welcome back to our Friday panel and our panel today consisting of Joe Leahy, Lena Ryan and uh, Peter Ryan with us as well. Now, 15-time major champion Tiger Woods apologised this week after uh, handing fellow golfer Justin Thomas a tampon uh, during the first round of the Genesis Invitational last week. Woods handed him uh, the tampon after outdriving his playing partner on the ninth hole. Now, Thomas immediately discarded it uh, before the two men laughed and hugged as they walked off the tee. Now, some on social media said the incident has sexist overtones. So is it a case of people just needing to find offence or was it genuinely uh, offensive? Uh, Peter, do you want to take that one first of all? Yeah, what, what, I have uh, no bother with that one. I, I, think. I, I think what he was trying to... Um, maybe put out there was that your man was playing like a girl. Like, was that what caused such... Uh, I didn't even give it enough of um, my attention or time to think what way he thought about it because it's, then again, it's the media. Should never have photographed or camera that and put it out there. It is two overpaid golfers having a bit of crack. Uh, I think any women I know wouldn't take one blind bit of notice of that Rubbish and that stuff. So, you think again it was something that was made too much of? Oh, totally. Totally, yeah. And it's only for there, just under the spotlight. Tiger Woods not having a great career at the moment. He probably needs a little bit of um, media. Yes. And so did the tournament. And all this thing has just been driven. 
Lena, uh, as, as a woman, do you have any issues with uh, Tiger Woods? <laughs> he, his past is questionable, shall we just leave it at questionable. Um, is there anything in that? Uh, you know? No, I, I t- <laughs> to me, um, I think it is he's on the way back they couldn't find anything negative like he I, I watched it he's played some great golf yeah. he, and he can do it with a golf ball mm. yes he may have views and, and attitudes that he was raised with that were not okay right now but that's him I don't think it was done anything anti-women mm. I think it was done exactly as you said God sake could you not do better it was a joke we've all done yeah. and like who hasn't a questionable past yeah. they didn't pick on anybody else and like it, like oh, the photograph I saw you really had to zoom yeah. in so oh, somebody was looking for so something was he yeah. att- I didn't see it. You say, yeah. So was he attempting to do it sort of... Pre- it, it, at the back of the it wasn't a big public... No, it wasn't. No, no okay, it wasn't. Right. And like, it, yes, it, and you could take it as being offensive, but like it's part of, of being, you know, a tampon is used by a woman because we're women and it's part of your li- life. Hmm. And like by making an issue about it, I think for gir- girls that are coming into that period of their life, which is very difficult, hmm. you're putting a t- taboo around it, which I don't think should be. Yeah. Okay, so uh, as a woman, you're not offended. Yeah, but I wouldn't this. be a typical woman now. <laughs> <laughs> friend, so yes, I'm not offended. <laughs> I, I won't even comment on that, um, for fear of offending. Uh, Joe, what, what about this? Uh, sure, look, Fran, you could that? look at this view as you could, uh, you could say to yourself, Why had he had with him in the first place? You know, to, to bring one every day with him, or what? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's even more worrying, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. To think so, you know, I never uh, thought of yeah, that, Joe. Empty your pockets. What was the process there? What was the process like to lead up to this? But I like the lads like listen a bit of, bit of fun a bit of gamesmanship blah 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 in the name of God and I think come back to your original point I think we are taking the bit of fun out of life yeah. because we, we can't comment on anything we can't we're a great old country for the old flippant remark and, mm-hmm. and that should be the same the world over like you know what I mean we should be able to say that how's it going or, you know when the person has a brutal day you should be able to say to them God you're looking well today even though they know they're okay, yeah. and so do you and all that we <laughs> should be able to let it go and have all that we're, we're getting rid of that we're destroying ourselves right. so and this, this plays into our previous conversation yeah. it plays into our previous conversation you'd be thinking nothing forget but, about it move on I think what really caused the offence was that he actually sent off his caddy yes. to get one of those. Oh, is that how? Is that and how? this seems to have Now, there's the thing. Now, Peter, why can't you call it a tampon? Why are <laughs> why? you saying to get one of those? <laughs> because we've gone on to the D and the E and the B. And, like, it might be offensive, offensive to call it a tampon, you know. <laughs> well, that also answers my question, which I didn't know that, you see, so there we go. Right, okay. well, Wasn't that a bit of fun? Like, there was, they were playing for big money. That's yeah. their jobs. And he thought, we'll have a bit of yeah. crack here. Right. And, and, and they did, you know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Alyssa says, now, Fran, if two women were playing together, one handed to the other a condom, um, would, they be called, would they be called a slapper? I, 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 I can't see that happening. You know, all the women golfers I know, I definitely can't see that uh, happening. Some of them I know, yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, if you were out there and you thought to upset your partner playing a game, you definitely would try, just as Joe says, gamesmanship. Very good. Do you play, do you play golf? Really? I do, I badly. Do you, though, really? Do, yeah, oh, right, right. Very good indeed. I don't. I, I go along with Mark Twain. I, I think it's a good walk wasted. But yeah. That's, that's just me. It's one of the best things for your mental health, I would say, because you're only playing against yourself and right. you have to walk. So, and you, I just think it's great. And I think right. it's one of the things that should be done in transition year for all kids to give them a chance to do it because yeah. you, you are walking, you're out in the fresh air. But you're, you're actually your concentration is on the game, so right. and you don't have. I mean, I do it, but I don't. I'm not good at it. Very good, Joe. Do you play? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. <laughs> what about you, Peter? Do you I play? played once. 
And I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Right. A few friends of mine from Newcastle brought me off on the day, and uh, the problem is if I started golf, I would have to retire because I actually dish. think it's a absolutely smashing way of putting down four or five hours. Yes, and a nice bit of steak. Oh, sorry, we shouldn't mention steak. We probably <laughs> <laughs> the way things are gone. A nice You're bit of steak be and, and a pint at, on the 19th hole. Like, you know, right. it's sure it's brilliant. Good. It's See, absolutely the brilliant. It's getting to the 19th. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. See, I'm from a council house in Cashel. I feel I'd be letting down the side <laughs> of the day golf. That's, that's what well, it is. Well, I did, I did, let me clarify now, Fran, I did play once. Yeah. Okay. And, and We're still I, talking about it. No, no, the golf ball stayed, but the sod travelled quite a bit. <laughs> and I broke a bone in my wrist called Hook oh. of Hammers. Would you Are believe you oh, Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, so about that. So, so that, that was it. That started me and finished me with golf. Very good yeah. indeed. There was an interesting article, though, during the week. Uh, Jacinda Hearn, uh, at Hearn in um, New Zealand, and also Nicola Sturgeon stepping down from their positions. And an article was that, is this an indication... God, we're going to store it now. Mm. Of the difficulties of women in leadership, would you take this first of all, Lena? Um, that maybe they look at things more emotionally than a man would. No, they go and do a job to the very best of their ability while they can do it, and when they can no longer do it to the best of their ability, they let somebody else do it. So they don't <laughs> stay on too long, is what you're saying to me? Is that it? They well, don't overstay. You know, everybody work. gets stale in a job, and like uh, Nicholas um, Jacinta Hearn had a, a, an, an awful job to do in New Zealand, in, and COVID she took and, yeah. and she took a very different step to what the rest of the world did. That takes its toll mentally and physically. But then after COVID, there was other challenges and your mindset, but you can only do, you know, you only have so much energy. So I think it's, a, I, I don't think anybody should stay in a job so too long. So it's admirable is what I, you're saying. For me, it, it's very admirable. For me, right. it's very admirable. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Joe? Oh, God, he's speechless for a change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was just remarking back how, how quiet your voice went when you asked Lena first. You're very genteel. <laughs> you I think it's possibly the way forward, both male and female. And I think it's a thing to come in the males. I think there's what's happening here, I think, is that people are realising that all oh, this isn't for me. There's a life outside of all these jobs, whatever the jobs are, whatever the positions are. I think they say, we'll do this for a while. I think a lot of people like, you know, you take our friend George Lee, they can't wait to get in, then when they can get in, yeah. holy mother God, what am I after getting into, then I can't wait to get out. I think, as Lena has rightly said, some people are there and they say, hold on, I'll do this for so many years, and then they can say, you know, either I have enough, either I can't bring it any further, or either, you know, look, I, I'm burned out from this, or I have enough of this, I've tried it, and I can't see any future in this for me, or whatever, and then they right. pull the plug. Or, and or simply, out. I've done enough. I've done enough, that too, that enough. too. Yeah. I, I've made my ABCs and I've done that too right. because those things life you need young blood but you also need a bit of experience as yes. well you know and you need the mix yes. but but I think though if you look around the place like you know you can see an awful lot of people now like especially in Ireland in politics an awful lot of people like are saying even already I'm not going to go the next time young, right, and, yeah. young and old now like you know and, and young yeah. and not so old let me clarify here and people are saying no I'm not going I'm not going I'm not going and then the other side you see uh, Mr Hearn decides that he's rejoining another party so yes. yeah everyone for their own and everyone for, but I still think though people are realising been there done that have enough move on Right, okay. Peter, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I think the two leaders you mentioned done an excellent job and I think it's a major sign of strength rather than weakness that they know they're brought as far as they can mm. and they're 
give leaving it to someone well, well, else. Well, could I put the critique of both people to you, mm. though? Um, uh, Jacinta and uh, uh, Aaron, a lot of people would feel that economically she destroyed her country because of the lockdown and, and how strict that was in New Zealand, where Nicola Sturgeon was concerned, I suppose, is all about uh, an independent I, Scotland, um, that probably won't happen now and that was her reason for being. So did they fail in terms of their jobs as no, well? No, because they had a party behind them. Hmm. Both of them. And they were elected the leaders. Hmm. And the leader can only they can only go with the policies that the party decides. Right. So no, I, the lockdown destroyed a lot of countries. Hmm. Including our own, I think. And the thing about Scotland um of course she wanted independence. It's something she stood for. She felt mm. strong about it. And I think she probably realises now that that's a long way off mm. and time to give somebody else a go. Right. Simple, but, simple as but that. But overall, yeah. I think female and women leaders are excellent yeah. because they are men. You nearly have to get a back well, actor well, of no, a digger to take him out of the job. No, that's that's a big step because could I point out, what, what was your, your woman's name? Liz Truss, was it? And before that, Theresa May. And and will I bring you back to Maggie Thatcher? Not necessarily great. No, Maggie like, was one of the ones that had to be removed as well. She mm. had uh, the the male, the male syndrome like that. I'm never going until mm. somebody actually dumps me out. Yeah. Um, England, it was wasn't the females that you're talking about that created uh, what happened in England. Right. It was a male leader that promised Brexit. Yes. Thinking that. It was never going to happen. Mm. He was forced to um, go with what he offered, and mm. he he was the one then that landed England in that in, mess, in, which in, they in still the are. That they're in. Are you concerned though that people looked at the resignation or the stepping down of these two women and sort of looked at it from a misogynistic point of view, Lena? Is yeah, that is that I, I, would that concern you? That would concern me, yeah. and that always happens. Yeah. I mean, as far as Jacinta Ahern is concerned, she was landed as a leader of a country. Whatever her agenda was. Uh, Covid completely changed that, yes. and she may have done. She may have uh, had, had the Covid had an in, impact anyway, but that would also have yeah. an impact on her. But, but, but why would it was a man? If it was two men stepped down who had taken those positions, we wouldn't be looking at saying they stepped in, down in, emotionally. In and could we remind people that during Covid we were all looking to New Zealand and say, oh, if only we had a leader like that, yeah. wouldn't we be all mm. fantastic? Yeah. And, you know, wouldn't you know, it all yeah. be great and stuff? Yeah. Is it amazing the way things? Changed drastically in a but relatively it, short period of time. Absolutely, absolutely, and I, th I think as well. I think the whole the whole role of all these people, like they all evolve. You know, they evolve over time. There was a time like, and a person was in. You know, you go back to the people of old, and they were there for not five years or ten years or twenty, but they were thirty or forty years. Mm. That's mm. now yeah. gone. Yes. Yeah. And, and what's left of it is going. And family yeah. dynasties. And then. family the dynasties. Generation that's all. Over that's going them. too as it's well. Going. And that's disappearing, you know. But then again, let's be honest, like, it ain't an easy life. Like, that ain't an easy job. Like, there's land on the people outside there chomping at the bit to get in. But when you get in, then, like, it's not easy. Like, there's an awful lot of things, you know, I would see, have seen, say, some of these junior ministers, like, for example, in, a, in our own country, you know, and they're told to go here and told to go there and told to go this and told to go that. Like, you're really, like, you're popping on a string, like, really and truly, right. you know. Okay. It's not an easy gig, you know. Mm. All right, there I must leave it, but thanks to Lena and to Joe and to Peter, and it's great to see you all uh, today. We do have a winner of our competition for that double header uh, tomorrow in Croke Park, and the winner is Eleanor Keane from Clonmel. Well done to you, Eleanor. I hope you enjoy your trip to uh, Croker. Yes, Joe. Could I just have one quick word and oh, sure. and, and uh, wish a very bon voyage, a great bon voyage to a good friend of yours and mine, Jerome White, oh. who has retired. He retired has from he the guards there. 
in yes. 2008, but he is also retired now from the Cardiff Credit Union as of this day week. Wow. And he's, and he's in, in Cork, isn't he? He's in Cork now, yeah. so he'll have a lot more time now for the King Cormacs and everything to do with cash. So, <laughs> Very good. Bon voyage to tonight, then, the Glenview Lounge, Peter, is Glenview Lounge tonight, right. yeah, and uh, hoping for a big crowd, um, uh, table quiz. So there's Excellent. always good crack at the table quiz and lots of spot prizes and everything. So hopefully Very people will talk. You've done the blog, no? No, no, I will the next time, Friday. <laughs> <don't worry. laughs> That's fair enough. That's it for me. And uh, Emma produced Ellie looks after her content and Stephen is on the way. I'll talk to you on Monday. Look after yourselves. Bye bye. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.